This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Next Lander podcast. Here we are rolling up into June, hot and heavy it is uh, uh, May 31st as the time of this recording, the last of May, into the wet and wild summer here in the U.S. Oh, I don't want to get wet. You're going to no. get wet. You're going to get both uh. wet and wild. Alex Navarro, get ready to get wet and wild. Douse myself in baby powder Uh huh. just try and stay as dry as I can. And then you're going to be wet and kind of like a cakey uh, also. Yeah. And, uh, That's how I like it. <laughs> A little cakey Navarro. Mm-hmm. Brad Shoemaker, are you ready to get more foggy? I don't what's, know what's going on out there. That no, doesn't sound hot. What's the June thing? Like, you got May days, you can have a spring fling. Uh huh. It's time for the June balloon. Ju- June bugs. June bug? June bug. Hey, June bug. Um, June school's over. Everything gets a little more. Dangerous. Man, yeah, I don't remember, remember summer vacations. God, summer vacations. I mean, I get the weird thing now where the kids get summer vacations. I feel like most of the world is like, hey, 
Everybody gets a summer vacation, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no. You, <laughs> feel no. free not to answer. Do you feel any slight degree of contempt for your children when they get three months off? No, just the teachers. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm happy for them. I still remember summer vacation. Like, like live it up, man. I still remember having a fight with my parents about summer vacation when I was like 14, 13 or 14 or something being like, you know, and they were like, you need to get, uh, uh, you gotta need to get your ass out there and get a summer job. And I was like, I, at, you know, at 13 or 14 being like, I'm going to be working my whole damn life. Yep. Just let me play <laughs> this is never Final happen Fantasy again. 4 for the summer. You know, look, all you do is complain about working. Why do you want me to enter that as soon as possible? Because they had a slight amount of contempt for you getting three (laughs) months off. Definitely, definitely. Uh, It was like, definitely like, get a job or get out here and help with the damn deck. I also didn't want a deck. Fair. I did have to stain our deck one summer. (laughs) Once once I got, once I got up into the teens, it took about a week. (laughs) My dad, my dad was like... The stack is getting restained. And you're yep. going to do it. Oh man, that was a listen. There's probably a balance there, but I was definitely an asshole kid being like, "It's your goddamn deck. I don't want to do anything. All I want to do is stay up until four in the morning mm-hmm. playing Civ in the basement. It's my summer. It's my it's my summer. I earned this by dint of being a child. It's mine. I own it. So no, I I I actually. I try to protect their summers in ways that are like, you guys sure you want to do like all these things during the summer? Do stuff? Yeah, like, stay home, play video games if you want. Yeah, like I don't know, you're never going to be able to do it again. <laughs> yes, really, this time will never come again. <laughs> yeah, like is there anything? Um, my wife is pretty good about making sure we have some summer. Try to make some summer experiences, which I appreciate. Like, hey, we should probably go somewhere for something and do a thing, and not just stay in the house all summer. And then it's a real hard pushback from, from me and from the kids being like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you want to go out. Ugh, it's when, hot out there. It's like it's hot. Wet. It's people. There are people out there. Ugh. Have you been out there? Ugh. It's like there's no thank other you. people out there. Uh, no, summer, summer vacation, pro summer vacation, um, even if I don't really get to participate. I'll tell you what happens in summer vacation, though. Their camp usually starts about a half hour earlier. They do like a day camp for a couple of months. That means I get to sleep in about 10 to 15 minutes later. So uh, that's pretty exciting news for me, you know, like woohoo. Uh, they had off on, uh, they had off on Memorial day, uh, Friday and Monday. And it was like, I woke up in like a panic at like seven forty. It was like, good God, we're, we're, we're late for everything. And then the real, the realization, the one you want to have where it's like, Oh my gosh, we don't, I don't have to, I don't have to get them out of the door at all. You know, like one of those, I'm going to turn back around and go to sleep. I'll march back up into my bed. That That sounds nice. Yeah. That's nice. Um, of course then, you know, sat there for about two minutes and be like, I'm not falling back asleep. I'm just going Mm -hmm. to get up. Uh, convincing your brain that it should fall back asleep is a skill. I find just don't, don't sleep. You know, and then your body will just pass out at the right time. That's, that's the method. Just, um, I was up too late last night playing street fighter six mm-hmm. and then up too early today. And now I'm more caffeine and Motrin than human. Mm. Uh, 
So is Motrin the one you do? My, I didn't know what to take for a really bad headache and my wife recommended Motrin and I said that, I don't know which one you're supposed to take. Oh, that's ibuprofen for, for just a headache. I think that can work. How about I, you I, take a leave? Okay. I usually, I forget. Usually I looked these up one time, like the differences and like a Tylenol and Advil. Uh, this is know. what you come to I, this podcast for to hear three yeah. old men discuss <laughs> their pain right. medications. Yeah. Yes, only these the soundest pharmacological advice here. It said migraines uh, right on the Motrin bottle. Yeah, I, I think that's fine. I, ibuprofen is an anti-inflammatory, so it's good for like joint and muscle pain. And stuff I'll take like that. that. <laughs> I'll throw I, that in mm-hmm. there too. What usually, I, like that's in there as well. I usually I usually go Tylenol for a headache. Okay, is that an analgesic? Maybe you're an analgesic, or or called worse, or, or paracetamol if you're across the pond. Oh boy, oh uh, boy, I'm not. Oh, Aspirin, boy. if you think you're having a heart attack. Just roll them up into one. Why don't we just put these all into one? We're here to be as inflammatory as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, we are pro-inflammatory. We are inflamed with video games. The inflames were on the side of my face. Uh, yes, side of uh, my face, in my hands. I've got joint pains from all the video games. <laughs> uh-huh. Wow, spitting some, uh, spitting some games. This is, this is as much as I got. Uh, I reached a fun point yesterday. My wife, um, uh, bless her, she got uh, she got me chess lessons with a human for my birthday, and I went uh, to my chess, but with my son as well, because I was like, hey, look, he likes chess. Let's just do this together. Kid freaking smoked me, and like, yeah. uh, and I was proud. I'm super happy. It was like a semi private lesson, but like he was just like off to the races. And, How many moves? Uh, uh, not necessarily against me. In like the exercises we were doing, like I just couldn't ah. keep, I just couldn't keep up. My old brain man, my old man brain just couldn't keep up. Uh, and he was, and I was like, I'm. And we were walking home. He's like, you, you're okay. Like you know, you're not, you're not upset or anything. I was like, of course not. No, like every parent wants their their kids to do better. It is. He was like, but if like it weren't me, would you be upset? And I was like, are you saying if I were in a room with a random eleven year old who was smoking me at chess things, would I? Feel, I was like, yeah, probably. I pro- I probably would feel a little differently if I was in a room full of eleven year olds being like, I need to go to a different class. I need to I need to go somewhere else. Uh but uh I'm at the I'm at I feel like it was a moment for me to be like, This is good. I feel like every healthy, functional parent should want their kid to someday be better than them at something. Right? That's that's why I don't have course. kids. That's right. Cause you, you just I don't like, want anyone to be better at me <laughs> than me at anything. Um, right. I feel like it's the ones that are competing with their kids. That's yeah. where the problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I'm nipping out. that in bud right there. It's like yeah. if I don't if I don't sire a child, then uh, they can't come for me later in life. That's right. They just want to take over, and everybody knows that they need your head mm-hmm. uh, to do that. It's it's high. I saw it's Game of Thrones. I yes. know how this shit goes. Yes. Yes. Uh, speaking of, uh, seizing power, uh, seizing power has its own connotations. Strength. strength yes. S- speaking of pursuing strength. Strength. What is strength? Uh, apparently that question will be answered in Street Fighter 6 in some form or, or another. Uh, we are going to talk about Street Fighter 6 here. Let's just jump into it. The tale of Bosch. Uh, Bosch, man. Fucking Bosch. Fucking Bosch. What a, what Bosch. an asshole. Bosch. Bosch is out there trying to can't can't wait to get the power naturally the nope. strength he's got to get out there and 
cause the, all kinds of mayhem. The literal human embodiment of I didn't come here to make friends. <laughs> like he all but says it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Street Fighter Six is out this Friday officially. Uh, we have all jumped into some version of it. There was that demo, would you call it? Pre-release thing they put out the uh, characters. There was the demo, and then they did an open beta two yes, weekends ago. Yes, they did. They okay. did an open multiplayer beta. Uh, uh, so some people have played some multiplayer. So um, there's a couple. Let's just get into it. There's a couple of different uh, flavors of your Street Fighter Six here, aside from what are actually the different flavors of like uh, bundles you could buy. This game uh, you can get in basically uh, the basic version for sixty bucks, which is. You know, hey, oh, is it sixty? Probably worth mentioning because eh. not a lot of sixties games, at sixty dollars games out there. Shocking. Yeah, has, you can get in the Capcom, door for sixty. They're or has gonna Capcom s- not crossed the bridge yet. Generally, I don't know Resident how much Evil was that. Was Resident, I thought Resident yeah. Evil was seventy. Yeah, I, yeah. Let me double check that. I mean, I will say uh, this for Street Fighter: it's a nice looking game. It's not a uh, let's just say console graphical showpiece. Yeah, maybe I, the way some it, of these other games are. Yes, it looks good. It, it looks, looks great. Like I, I think the art style is fantastic. Yeah, it looks good like you expect a Street Fighter 2. The RE4 remake was 60 bucks. so Capcom Oh, it was 60 okay. So they okay. just haven't crossed that that bridge yet. Still on that tip. Um, I, I think the backgrounds in this look fine, but not spectacular. And I feel like the characters maybe don't stand out as much as they could from the backgrounds. From the backgrounds. I, th- I, I think the characters look meaty and powerful. Yeah. Yes. I think, I think some... There's a Popeye lot of hard hits. Forearms. Yeah. Uh, even even the kind of more lithe characters have good good impacts, and everything feels like it hurts a lot. Even yeah. if you are a skinny character, you have the biggest fucking hands and feet of any <laughs> character that has ever been in a video game. Yeah. Also, ever since Street Fighter Four, I came under this going like, "What's the new effect going to be?" Because mm-hmm. it was it was ink, ink in four. Yeah. I don't know what you would call it in five. Mm. This with the drive impacts, like mm-hmm. watercolors, I guess. It's kind of like, like yeah. watercolor paint. Yeah, like sort of splashes of color. Good. Yeah, it looks, looks good. Um, so the tone, the tone of the game is just like kind of cartoony. It's kind of like it's a little blue sky to me. Mm. You know, like that blue sky idea from like the Dreamcast era of just like bright, positive, uplifting type games. You know what I yes. mean? Like, this has kind of got a little bit of that, which I wasn't expecting. It's very cheery for a game oh. about beating the shit out of people. And, and motivational, also. Yeah. Like, a whole lot of, like, fight gem style, like, to be the best, you gotta blah, 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 you know what I mean? Like, a lot of uplifting motivational stuff. Never give up. It's, uh, so, so uh, going back to, I'll just say, going back to what I was uh, getting at earlier, aside from the different versions you could buy, uh, there's basically, seems like, three main sections, and they're actually a like call of duty quarantined off. Um, there's the stuff that I think we were just talking about, which is the more create a character story world thing. Uh, yeah, world the, tour. Yeah. World tour. There is, I'm going to jump ahead to the third one, which is the kind of single player arcade story mode stuff. Um, they call that fighting ground. I the think? Fighting ground. It's got the training built into it. It's got yeah. a bunch of other stuff. And then there's the online mode, which I did not try because by the time I was in it, the kind of server window had passed. Yeah. The, the, we've had the game for a bit, but the online mode was only available for a short window. Yeah. So I, I did um, not try the actual, actual online stuff. I tried the kind of single player tutorial arcadey stuff and then spent most of my time in the world world tour yeah. stuff where you make your character i did not i i made a robot lady uh okay. i did not go for like the grotesque end of things 
uh, having seen Brad, what you can make from that stream we did. Yes, I was like, it asked me when I started this, that mode up. It said something along the lines of detective previous save data. Would you like to import this data? And you said no, burn it. I was like, you know, I thought about it for half a second, and I was like, oh, that's better left in the past. Let's just expunge that character <laughs> from existence. I just hit the random button on the character creator over and over again until I saw something that spoke to me, and then I lightly tweaked it, and I ended up with a very, okay, lightly grotesque, a very <laughs> long person uh, and very, like, incandescently white guy with a mustache, and for some reason, the words glowing Jimbo came to me, so I named him <laughs> Great. Glimbo. Great. Okay, good. Glimbo. I yeah, I, I have made the second coming of a certain legendary former mayor. Okay. Ah. Okay. And now I'm just waiting for the right outfit. Dinkins. You made Mayor yes, Dinkins. Mayor Dinkins so is Mike, in there. Mike H. Oh, okay. You're trying That's to get right. ahead of the uh, the DLC or, uh -huh. or putting right. Hagar in there. Uh, my my robot lady, I just called Prism, and she's got like glowing etched trail circuit board yeah, trails one, on her. One of, one of the presets is like literally a cyberpunk 2077 character that's kind of like what mine looks like um it's got a scar across the eye because you could do it the character creator is pretty robust yes uh, you can do some stuff with that thing. you could do some ungodly unnatural things in there i realized after watching you play it brad that time that if we're gonna if i'm gonna spend any amount of time with this character in any serious fighting way i need to have a character that registers as somewhat human you know yes. like i i need to uh, get in I there. can't feel sorry for the person that I am playing the entire time. Though, they they kind of map personality onto your character, and it, it's a little bit of a shame. You don't get a lot of choice in the personality of your character. Like Brad said, it's kind of pretty, it's pretty positive. It's like the voice lines more than anything yeah. else, but even that is more just like grunts. And so, um, my death robot machine is pretty, a lot of thumbs up, pretty positive mm -hmm. throughout this thing. Yeah, right, yeah, a lot of big thumbs up. Uh, so you kind of start this thing off. Uh, if you played the beta or the demo of this, you kind of know where this starts. It's Luke's gym. You're the you're the newbie along with Bosh. Bosh. Uh, Bosh. You've signed up for the course. You're here to get strength. Luke knows about strength. He's going to teach it to you. Uh, quickly, you realize Bosh is not interested in the actual 12 steps to strength. He just wants them right now, and he bails. And then you're released out on the. You're kind of released out on the world, really. After yeah. Metro City, City, baby. Yeah. yeah, that mode is weird. That, it's, it's really it's weird. Strange, like when Alex described it the other day as like, what did you say? Yakuza Light. Yes, I think it made a little more sense to me what they were going for. Dude, between the power ups and like you know items that you collect along the way, the random battles with the various uh, gangs that uh, you know populate the the zone, the like just the way that you interact with it, like. It doesn't have the soul or the dis or like the spice of of Yakuza like story mode, but it does have like the basic skeletal structure, and at least understands what was good about Yakuza. Even though I don't think it's capable of recreating sort of the more lurid qualities of that because Street Fighter is just not that. Street Fighter yeah. does not have any mm. spice to it. It is basically just candy. There, there's some goofy stuff in there. Did you find the superhero up on the building, like, yes. observing? Mm -hmm. No, there's like, goofy stuff in there. It's just, it's, none of it is, like, none of it is real storytelling. Like, it has more of the structure and, like, personality of 
I, okay, maybe less of the branding, but like the NBA 2K walk around the open world and go into fucking champ sports and talk to Jake from State Farm shit versus oh. like the actual like storytelling of a Yakuza game. I hadn't considered that might also be a bit of an inspiration. Uh, you know, it's very silly. It's extremely yes. yeah, silly. It's, the, it's, the, the enemies have boxes on their head for the most part, the ones that will random encounter you. There is a... <laughs> There's a guy or a group of, or a class of enemies called the Roughest Riders, mm-hmm. uh, which I was like, okay, that's pretty dumb. Um, it's yeah, dumb. It's, it's also a mode where you can literally fight every NPC on the street. Like There's a very limited see. number that you can't, but you okay. can, they show you when you can't. Like the second they were like, go fight two bypassers to yeah. complete this quest, mm-hmm. I just immediately like started fighting a like relatively elderly woman because she was the first character I saw at my level and I challenged her and next thing you know we're doing Street Fighter stuff although it's like very limited like the fighting there is absolutely not what you're going to see online and in the Mm-mm. the main arcade and and regular modes so you will occasionally get into a bigger boss battle with a, a, yeah. a more significant character and then you will get into a full-on you know three-round fight with but sure. almost all the other ones yeah are just like get their health bar down you're done yeah and it's it's very much focused on leveling up and unlocking moves and you're basically i, I assume this is going to carry through the whole mode you're training with all the classic street fighter characters yes. like i'm i'm still studying under chun Li at the moment <laughs> So, um, okay, so what ends up happening is once you get past Chun-Li's stuff um, and you kind of open up a little bit more of the city, uh, you can actually travel to the different cities where the sta- oh. world stages are, and then you will meet the other Street Fighters there, and then you can... So there's a currency in the game called travel tickets, which are you know basically just plane tickets to wherever you want to go, and you get them in reasonably decent quantity. But anytime you want to go back to one of those environments, you can... Essentially, just give gifts and keep talking to the different Street Fighter characters after you beat them, and they will continue to like unlock new moves for you and like new, uh, you know, like the the super arts and all that stuff. Yeah, or call so, ins, you can like you can call mm-hmm. them in, and yeah. but you have to use their stance to really uh, to level it up. Yeah, it yeah. Up. So, so yeah, so you're building a list of moves of of the moves you've unlocked. But yeah, like there's a lot though. Like you have a character level, you can level up with each teacher or master. Yeah. Um. Trying there's to think. A skill there's, tree. Other, there's a skill tree. There's like other progression that I'm not thinking of right now. It doesn't now. seem like a giant skill tree. I will say it does no, not feel like no. they have they've padded that out. Well, no, but there, there's quite a quite a bit to level up and and progress. Like clothing has stats on it. Yeah, yeah. you get uh, you can mix and match the move. You can you can choose a stance from a teacher, which is a general move set from like a Chun Li or a Luke or. I forget what the um, the lady in the Coliseum her name uh, Maria what's what's the the big gladiator Marissa. lady Marissa Marissa um, you choose their general move set and then you can mix and match certain um, specials in, in there which is cool and, and weird yeah uh, to be able to throw a fireball and do like Guile's flash kick uh, it's yes a, it's a kind of a weird thing and then um, yes the clothing has special abilities uh, or buffs on them. It's, it's, you could take, you can just use items if you want, uh, in fights. You can do call-ins, uh, from your teacher if, uh, if you want. Sometimes you have a partner you're running around with. Sometimes you're fighting four characters, five, six characters in a, in a mm-hmm. run there. You have, what is it, mercy points? What's the thing that revives you? The miles. The miles that, yeah. um, if you want to revive yourself after a fight. It's a wacky, here. Like, I don't know, 
stew. It's a wacky yeah. stew. Everything's in there. Here, here's what I'll give it. it. You know, as much as I think that they are striving for some things that maybe like just on the Street Fighter level they can't quite get to. It is a surprisingly robust att- first attempt at doing an open world mode in a game like this from from you know these developers. Like whether I think all the stuff that's in the world is interesting to interact with, or you know whether you know I feel like I maybe kind of starting to run into a lot of the same battles over and mm-hmm. over again. I think that they have done a surprisingly good job populating that thing with stuff that is at least interesting to poke at once or twice. And, you know, there's enough character and enough personality in there that feels, you know, akin to what they do with Street Fighter storytelling these days. And I think, it, you know, look at where I'm at right now, I'm about to go jump into an actual fighting tournament sponsored by fucking the people who want to memorialize Mike Hagar. So, like, I'm like, okay, Great. they know what they're doing here. Great. Oh yeah, Mad, uh, yeah, Mad, Mad I, Gear I, is around. Yeah. Yes, yes. I just fought a Mad Gear noob. <laughs> yeah. A low-level enemy that uh, anyway. Um yeah, I I I appreciate that they went for something here. Like Mortal Kombat has obviously carved out its lane recently with mm. the kind of linear cinematic storytelling. Yes. So it's nice. Like they tried that with five and it did not go great. No. Uh so it's nice to see them trying to do their own thing here, however successful it is. I mean, it's interesting. I don't I don't know. I'm going to like play it all the way to completion, especially because it seems like the leveling could take quite a while potentially, but it's, it's, it's neat ish. I I definitely found myself trying to avoid getting into some fights because it was like, ah, I don't want to fight four of these guys again. I just want to get to the next thing. It's, I mean, you get XP for it, but yeah, at a certain point it does feel a little bit, you know, like it's that Yakuza problem of like, Hey, maybe if you tune down the random battles just a hair, it'd be great. You can escape we, from battles if if you really want to. Uh, they we know. I mean, offline modes haven't been available much. It's hard to know. Like, does anything from that mode feed back into progression elsewhere, or is it all self-contained in that mode? As far as I know, it's all self-contained in that mode. Okay. Uh, that that would have been more incentive to keep playing it, but anyway. Maybe you get maybe you get some like I don't know. I I could see them unlocking like uh what do they call those name tag things? Your like title, you know, things like that, or cosmetics. Yeah, I mean, in the in the main the main fighting, like you, there is a costume slot because, of course, there is, but there's only one unlocked from the beginning. So I don't know yeah. if those are just going to be DLC or maybe you can get them somewhere else. So have you guys spent much time in the other? I went into the arcade story mode. I did. Two I've done stories. a few of those. Yeah, that's pretty thin. It's those very are, thin. Yeah, it's kind of. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I appreciate that they're still doing it. The storytelling is pretty sparse. I only yeah. did one of them, but it's like who'd you do one? Uh, Ken. I did Ken as well. I, I, I did Ken and found out that Ken apparently is some kind of international terrorist now. <laughs> well, he was framed, okay? Uh, uh, yeah, and it's like, do you understand what his his, his arc was in that thing? Not especially. I don't okay. know if they're assuming some foreknowledge that I lack there. It seems like each character has a, like, I, I think the matches might be randomized up until the last fight, which is like a story fight with a specific character. You yes. Got, I, there might be another, Just I played the, only the, um, was it six rounds? One's fighting the truck. I think is that. What yes, that was I, what it is? yeah, that was yes, that was a, a fantastic moment. I first of all, I I think it's telling when you start a story. I mean, a, an art like a whatever they call this, the arcade story mode or whatever. When you start one, they say, "Do you want to do twelve fights or five? Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, you can give through one of these in ten to fifteen minutes." Seriously, if you, if you plow through it, uh, if you just want to see the character endings, it's a little perfunctory, but but yes. Getting to that third fight and just seeing Ken versus Truck pop yeah. up was a good moment. Uh, 
and and so yeah, I, I did Ken as well. He he's like on some. He he basically says some dialogue of like, you get the setup. I was framed from this thing. Now I have a real reason to fight. And then he goes and he fights that guy with the cane at the end. JP JP who really looks like um uh what's his Christopher uh the uh the guy from Lord of the Rings uh who's passed uh, Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee, yeah, he's got a real Christopher Lee vibe going on, and uh, you beat him, and you're, you're just like, well, okay, it's not, it's not like uh, you figure out what happened there. I mean, these this is like a legacy thing. Like they're doing this because they know they want people want their little arcade stories and final cutscenes and stuff when yeah. they when they do that stuff. And it's also not a bad way to just train with each character and just get a sense of like what they can do. But for sure, it's very perfunctory. Yeah, I should know better maybe but outside of the classic characters in this of whom there are i think 10 somewhere around there yeah i think it's 10 like i i appreciate that they are still smarting from street fighter 3 and have just thrown in the towel and just know they have to put the original eight in here no matter what <laughs> yes. from day one yeah. it's like you can't make a new street fighter without those eights just put them in there mm-hmm. anything else is gravy on top of that i guess but uh Outside of them, there's also DJ and Cammy, and yeah. I think that's and like uh, Jury. I, yeah. I know Jury from and and like maybe a couple others, but I don't, I don't know how many of these are new characters. Let me take a look here because I don't remember who all the fighters were in five. I will say because I did not play a great deal of that game. Yeah, um, I also extremely did not stick with that. Um, most of my exposure to it was watching it at Evo. Uh, okay, I've, I've got a list here. It's Luke, Jamie, Kimberly, Marissa, Manon, and Lily, and JP. So a, a good number of the non-classic characters are new. So some of them come over for, like from ties. Like um, Kimberly, I think is is through Guy. Um, is like a student of Guy's and. I want to say Lily. Lily is is, is T like related, I think. Yeah. Like it's interesting. Uh, I wonder if I wonder if they just kind of mapped a lot of the existing moves of those characters onto their students. I mean, Lily plays completely differently yeah. from a T Hawk, but like okay. I, Lily's I, a little I, scary. Like I, yeah. I played I played through Lily's story, um, and she's she, I don't know. I would be scared of her. She's uh she's out there for blood. She seems she like has, she's out there to have a fun time. Yeah. So, do you guys do you guys do at least the basic tutorials on all the I did systems? I did, yeah. I didn't do I really didn't like I should I should get more research. I don't like the modern stuff, so I just did I was going to ask so like what classic. what is your control scheme? Why does it for, it seems to really try to push you so they've got classic and modern controls, classic, you know exactly what that is. Modern yeah. is very streamlined. It's only four buttons. Oh, you mean what controls? I'm sorry. Wait, what? No, I'm joking. Like there was a guy, one dumbass online a few nights ago described them as woke controls, and there was a good night of everyone dunking on that because honestly, it's one of the like that is now an intrusive thought in my head. Uh, I hear that all the time, and I'm yelling that in the fucking you know me character saying I'm using tilt controls voice. Just words no longer have any meaning. No, I know they don't. Completely like inappropriate usage of everything. Yes, absolutely. Um, So are you using woke controls? Uh, I could, I did not get into world okay. controls. I was class. Uh, I switched it back to classic after the kind of initial um, bit of business there. It seems like three places they have defaulted me to modern controls, and I had to manually change it back. But anyway, um, there's a mission you get from um, 
in the story mode where they're like, hey, I'm going to show you. How- oh, sorry. You're using classic controls. You can only do this mission if you're using modern controls. I mean, it's a big oh. new thing, you know, and like it's the yeah, first it's- time they've really tried to streamline this stuff in a way that felt like, hey, we're keeping the classic spirit of this up while also making it easy for people who just don't like these kinds of fighting game inputs. Yeah, I mean, it's got it's got auto special moves on a face button and and auto combos. If you hold the shoulder button and just kind of hit the same button and connect, it'll do a combo for you. That didn't seem to work that well for me when I when I was trying it out. Uh, but maybe I wasn't really giving the system its fair shake because I was yeah. Like, I, I, I think you, you, you might have to start with just a regular normal, like a standing normal, to okay. get a combo going or something like that. I I wonder. I assume the online is maybe going to have filters for control schemes. I'm not oh, sure. Interesting. Okay. I think. Um, I think the fighting scene, fighting system seems interesting. Yeah, like the the drive gauge seems like the big thing there. It, yeah. it seems like it seems like a lot of a lot of parries and like breaking through attacks. Yeah, and punishing people that are turtling in a corner and stuff like <laughs> totally, that. Totally, like explicitly. Uh, like, um, you basically hit two face buttons to use your drive. Was drive in? There's drive impacts and drive parries. Mm-hmm. I think you just earn drive by doing stuff. I'll tell you right now, every single drive parry I've managed has been completely by accident. Yeah, it's the timing is is tough. Like I, I, I think all this is interesting. I wonder about my ability to actually get good at it. The AI will will parry uh, uh, like a motherfucker though. Yeah, like the, the AI will parry if you do try to do a drive attack on AI in the corner. You're basically going to get thrown or parried. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you do any of the advanced tutorials about like armor and stuff like that? I did not. I didn't get into that stuff. So there's is like certain. Certain moves have armor, quote unquote, including like the drive impacts are some of those, which essentially means they absorb you, two hits. Like, yeah, basically, if you meet one of their attacks with an armor attack, it'll absorb some of the hits, but not necessarily all of them. And certain okay. other moves can break armor, which is called an armor break. <laughs> that that um, tracks. Um, yeah, like I said, there's the stuff where you can knock people out of their block if they're in the corner. There's there's throw parries, there's the drive parries, like there's a lot of timing based stuff that seems like it's going to place a pretty high skill ceiling on this. But also when I think about how much time it takes to get good at a fighting game Mm -hmm. Uh and the fact that there are two other two other bangers of fighting games coming this year. We hope we assume we hope. Oh, yeah, I guess Tekken doesn't have a release date yet. It, but also, we just assume they're going to be bangers, but I mean, oh, let's yeah, be also, real. Yes, yes. I mean, we haven't yeah. played them yet. To be fair, yes, we don't know. Um, still, though, I wonder <laughs> you might have to cast your lot with one of these games and main. And I can tell you right now, just from my own personal preferences, I'm probably more likely to get further into Mortal Kombat or Tekken mm. than I am this. But I will say this is definitely the most I have gotten into a Street Fighter game since four first came yeah. around. Yeah, same for sure. I'm I'm excited to go online with this in a few days and see how long I can stick with it and how badly I eat shit. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to go online too much. I'll probably dabble in the story mode, I think. I, I did appreciate, or at least I should, people should know that, in the arcade mode story, as you're going through, if you lose, um, when you continue, it seems they knock the CPU level down a, a smidge. Mm. It kind of tell it tells you oh, what level the CPU is at. Yeah, if, if you make it all the way through, I think it's at six, and then I lost on JP on one of them, and then it knocked me, him down to five. Oh, and, interesting. He was weird. He was at four when I fought him, but I hadn't lost any matches. I, oh, weird. Okay, maybe it's maybe, so it's, maybe it's, it's gauging it by something else. Maybe yeah, it's like, I don't know. um, yeah, maybe it's just the uh, gauging it off of like how many rounds you lost, or I, I don't know something. But I, I lost, and I was like, oh, shit, this, guy's, this guy just crushed me, this difficulty spike. And then the second time I went against him, 
um, I was I was creaming him, and I was like, "What happened?" And then I looked in the corner, and it was like, "Wait, he was definitely on six when I got in there." He's, 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 the, he's the kind of asshole with like teleporting moves. He sucked. He was like, yeah, a, he's, it, it, he was hard. Uh, I I like the characters. I like I like Marissa. She seems like a cool character. To mm-hmm. her hair looks like a gladiator helmet. Yeah, uh, it's some real good fucking dumb Street Fighter haircut <laughs> shit. I uh, I appreciate that. All the returning characters seem old and tired. Uh, like Chun Li, yeah. it seems like I don't know. I was a fighter once. Ken just seems like he's like undercover Ken. I don't know what yeah. he's doing. Yeah, he's, well, he's on the run. He's been he's been <laughs> falsely accused, or has he? Or has he? DJ still DJ. That dude hasn't changed a bit. But uh, he looks. He look. Everybody's. He like looks a little thicker. older, but yeah. he's. Well, you go to his stage, man. That dude is still partying as hard <laughs> as he ever did. Blanca is running a farm. I don't know what Blanca's doing. Uh, well, when you meet Blanca in the story mode, it's really weird, I oh. will say. That is one of the weirder ones, because you encounter a person wearing a Blanca costume, and then actual Blanca shows up, and he's like, oh, you saw Blanca! And you're like, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> about, dude? Wait, whose story? I, Wait, when you pl- fight in as the, Blanca? In the main story. In the, in the like, when you re- encounter Blanca in the, like, the, the, the open world mode. Oh, the open world part. That's like a yeah. teacher? Okay. Yeah. I, it's really I, weird. I completely forgot that Blanca is wearing overalls and yes. a handkerchief in his default costume. It is... I, I think Dalzim, I, I love his portrayal in this. He just, he looks wicked. Oh, big, big, big white beard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big white beard. Like just full, like full David Letterman. Stretching. He's a pretzel at this point. He's like, I, I like uh, what he, his character looks like. So yeah, I, I think the character and the art and everything like that is really cool. Uh, I think Cammy is maybe the most boring looking character in all of it. She just looks like, I don't know, fighting character. Everybody else has a lot. They, you know, they it looks like they went for personality. Uh, yes, a lot, a lot of the time, which is cool. Uh, Guile looks like an asshole, which is kind of what Guile should look like. Mm-hmm. Everybody is also inflated. This is a beefy, beefy, beefy version oh, yeah. of everybody. Luke looks dumb. <laughs> like he's I nice. Mean, he's a, he yeah. seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Look, I mean, he's he's trying his best. Wait, what the. F- <laughs> I just pulled up Luke's bio on the official site. A contractor for a PMC uh-huh. yes. is how is how his bio starts. Uh-huh. I would have thought that like fight gym coach was his day job. Nope. <laughs> Based on what I've seen so far. It's a private military contractor and he wears uh-huh. his army jacket uh, uh, around town. He's a uh, Luke's uh, look. You sign up with Luke. You know what you're getting into. He put his ad on on Facebook, on Craigslist, and you signed up. You want the strength. So, yeah, I, I think I'll probably dabble around some more in it. I did get a little burned out running around the town after a while of those fights. Um, it's, you should at least get to the part where they, they introduce the fighting tournament, I think. Okay. Yeah, I, I think the neatest or one of the neater things is you can pull off some special moves in the world and you can use them for traversal, which is like a really interesting thing yeah. to be able to like get up to ledges and uh, uh, go across spans by using a bird kick uh, is like, OK, that's weird, uh, but neat. Yeah, I thought that was kind of an interesting way to gate gate progress around the city. Um, yeah. Last thing I'll say for him, like you kind of alluded to this, I don't know how it's handled on Xbox. I know like on Steam you could do it through the DLC interface, but they actually let you download and delete the different modes Yeah, individually, yes. which is smart because this game is going to be used at tournaments on PS5s for a very mm. long time. 
So being able to delete everything except the versus mode that you actually need for the tournament is cool. So I, I initially downloaded this through the uh, web download manager, the thing that lets you like uh, put stuff in, in there, and it only downloaded the core and didn't oh, show the other modules. Yeah. And then I couldn't find in because it I wasn't able to get online. So maybe if you can get online, it'll show up in the quote unquote store, but all those things were blacked out and I could not find on the store page, wherever it was in my managed content yeah, on the, uh, on the PlayStation, which, uh, it was like kind of hard to find how to get the rest of these add-ons in or uh, add-ons, the rest of the game in there. Um, which is weird. You know, it launches its own executable pretty much when you jump into those other modes. You have to link, or they want you to link your account with your uh, Capcom ID. Did you guys yeah. have a Capcom? No, no, I had, to one? I had okay. to spend some time trying to figure out. I believe it's pretty new. Um, like all of the usernames I usually use were taken, which made me think, like, do I have something else registered in here somewhere? Because I usually don't, you know, my the usernames I use are not that common. Yeah, uh, I, I think they only rolled out the Capcom ID sometime in the last like six months. I made a fighting ID in Street Fighter Five, um, but that was like a nickname, you know, like the street, the fighting nickname, which had to be unique at the time. There, I don't know. There, we'll there used to be the Capcom account, which they have <laughs> retired because you know Capcom account, Capcom ID, totally different. Yeah, yes, I mean, I'm sure there was something for Monster Hunter at some point to, to link something somewhere. Uh, but anyway, yeah, they want you to get online and and link all that stuff up and. Hopefully the servers stick stay up because I'll tell you what, if the servers are down, it knocks a, a decent amount of stuff off of that game. So, yeah. um, I, having played it offline, which you can play offline, but you will, you will be locked out of a significant amount of content that's in that package. If it's offline, that it's game Street fighter six, it's yeah. good. Yeah, Dude. it's pretty good. I, I, I am no fighting game expert. I like Street Fighter. I will always like Street Fighter because that's the fighting game I grew up with um, yeah. and uh, adored uh, at a time. It has grown up alongside me. I have grown up alongside it. It seems fun for me as a casual Street Fighter fan. The story mode stuff, that's where I'm at with fighting games at this point is how's your story mode? I found the arcade stuff to be pretty thin. The world tour stuff to be okay, but maybe it feels so far and I'm not that long into it, but it feels like a mile wide and kind of an inch deep on the, on the world tour stuff where yeah. there's a lot to do, but it's not that different. Uh, that's that. So let's see how MK and Tekken do their story yeah. modes. I usually have uh, MK has been killing it with the story it's, modes. The yeah, Tekken story the stuff is usually just dumb enough to be entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. That MK stuff is just the gold standard for fighting game stories at this point. Um, I think they picked the right Street Fighter picked the right thing to try and rip off this time though. Like whether or not <laughs> sure. they they 100% nailed it, I think that they 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 picked the right direction to go in with this. Yeah. And then like my ultimate litmus test or gauge is how happy the FGC seems yes. and they seem quite happy. Do oh, they? Yeah. Okay. Oh cool. yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, People who are serious about competitive fighting games seem very eager for this. Neat. Okay, that is actually cool to hear. So this one might been, have some legs. Yeah, because it's been out there and playable in enough forms at this point that people have spent time with it. Was was five kind of at the end of the five's run? Was it pretty accepted? I I asked someone a couple weeks ago who was very into fighting games how they feel about it these days, and they said that they think it's gotten to a pretty good place. Okay. Yeah, it well, it seemed but, like you know at the very least at the you know competitive level, like it was doing well enough that it was still featuring pretty heavily at you know Evo and the big tournaments. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I I do remember a fair amount of discontent with five early on. 
yeah, the early goings of that game were not good. MK MK doesn't really get a lot of tournament play, right? Um, it does like usually for the first new. year or two. Yeah, when it's new, it'll get some. It's never been like final event at Evo level. Okay. I mean, a lot of times it's like the opener of the fine, um, you know, like the the main stage stuff. Yeah, okay. it'll be earlier in the weekend or whatever, from what I've seen. Uh, I don't know. I I played a lot of Eleven online. I actually played it like daily for a couple months after it came out. So it's fairly balanced. If, yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not qualified to speak to balance necessarily, but I just I enjoyed the fighting system way more than nine and ten. Mm. Um. Anyway, fighting games. That's got to be hard making a fighting game and trying to be new enough without breaking everything. You could have just ended the sentence at "It's, it's hard enough game. to make a fighting game." Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yes. Uh, that's Street Fighter Six. It is out as of uh, worldwide this Friday, I believe. You can look for it. Sixty dollars across, ah, pretty much everything. Is that, does it have a Switch release? I'm gonna say no, but I'm gonna double check. Oh no, and I'm I, saying no. I'm not going to check, and I'm going to say no. So no, you can't you can't stream this to your Switch. Um, not yet. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna talk about some more uh, video games. Uh, stick around. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel them. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. And we're back. And there are more video games coming out. Uh, this next one has been around in different forms. Uh, well, literally been around in other forms. System Shock is back. Seven years. System S Since Sh they kickstarted this remake. Has uh, that been that long? Seven years for something that I think they wanted to get out like in 18 months originally, if I remember. Mm. It was roughly something like that. And ain't that the way it always goes? Uh, delayed numerous times. I mean, I actually put down, like they flat out said they were suspending development at one point. Uh, this is the remake. This is the remake of the original 22 year old system shock. 
this is now available uh, at least on PC. Are there plans to bring this to consoles at some oh, point? Thir- this is almost 30 years old. Jeez Louise, really? Yeah, 94. Oh my God. What's wrong with this? 29 years, I guess. Um, um, I th- I think it's very cool from what I've played of it so far. I never played the original System Shock. System Shock 2 is a favorite, let's say. Hmm. Uh, definitely enjoy this kind of game. So going to this fresh is pretty awesome, I would say. Like it, what this feels like to me is if it did not have the System Shock name on it, and I had never played it before, which I haven't. What I would have thought this was is one of the many throwbacks to this genre that are coming out as new games these days. Sure. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like a D maker, whatever they're. they're uh, yes. God, what is the something Haven? It's I always want to call it Gloomhaven, which it's not. <laughs> what is the Haven game? Something that Haven. N sixty four ish one. Um, no, the one I I played it on a stream a few months ago. Oh, it's, that PlayStation. It's with an the early giant access. Icons? It's, uh, it's it's more Thief era. It's like a Thief okay. era immersive sim. It's even I know which game you're talking look. about. Yeah, it's killing me that I can't think of the name of it right now. Anyway, it's like uh. stuff. It's like that. It's like. You know, there is a classic style immersive sim that is a new game being made right now. This feels like that, which I feel like I mean as a compliment, I think. <laughs> like, it feels like that style of a game, but modernized enough that it feels playable and relevant now. Yeah. It, it, it's um, it's an interesting art aesthetic where if you... It, if you squint, it looks fairly modern, and then you get kind of close up to stuff, and it's, it's pretty... Uh, um, that pixelated isn't the right word, but yeah, um, yeah, the, yeah, the like, textures are the textures are quite blocky. Looking. Yeah, blocky. Um, um, it's definitely going for a mo- retro modern kind of thing that I think it's pulling off really well. Plays well, like uh, at least from what I've played of it so far, which isn't that much further much further than I got in the demo. This time, I'm being careful not to get myself stuck in a situation where I have one health and surrounded by enemies. Uh, it, you know, my problem with it so far is I am a toddler and I need my handheld through video games. Apparently, like I am so <laughs> that's, having a little yeah. trouble figuring out what I should be collecting, what I should be doing. Where it's I like be the going. prevailing thing. I'm still on the first level, the first floor. I mean, the first level of the station, the uh, uh, medical or whatever. Like the thing I keep reading about this, both like on forums and in reviews and stuff, is no objective indicators. It does not tell you where to go or what to do. You need to read logs and listen to logs and like look at whiteboards mm. in the world and stuff like that to basically figure out where to go next and what to do. So uh, I, which one thing I know is like I hit the security cameras when I see them. If I if I can, uh, oh, I haven't been doing that yet. Yeah, it mm. knocks this. I don't know what it gets you, but somebody mm. in one log said Shodan can see everything you do, and then this I was like, well, the security cameras are on the map. I'll do that. I'll hit them, but I ain't wasting ammo on them. Yeah. Jump and hit them with a crowbar if I can. Um, Did you hack? Did you go into cyberspace? Okay. I've not been in cyberspace yet. I'm not sure what the objective is once I'm in cyberspace, other than get out of cyberspace. I like, I I did it. I opened a door. Alex did it in that, in the demo in that stream we did. I don't, was it get to the end? (laughs) I don't remember. I got to the end and and then I looked around and I'm trying to remember. I remember going into the hacking zone. I don't really remember what happened at the end of it. I can't remember if you fight a boss or maybe just have to get to the... I got to a portal that led out. I mean, it's basically like playing Descent at that point. You know, you're just kind of um, 360 degrees of motion uh, in a a little uh, VR-ish, like 
'90s version of VR world. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's neat. I li- I like the vibe on it. Uh, you know, I never played System Shock, nor did I play System Shock Two. So this is all fairly new for me. So there's finally an enhanced edition of System Shock Two, not a remake, but an enhanced, basically just a gussied up version of the original with like proper widescreen and UI and stuff coming out. Okay. Which is very exciting. And part of me is like a little wary of whether it's going to hold up or not after so long. Mm. But it's awesome that that game is going to be playable in a proper modern format soon. So you don't think with the development of this one that a System Shock 2 in this vein is anywhere on the horizon? This is... uh, I mean, not for another seven um, years at least. Yeah, unless this remake does insanely well, probably not, seeing how this one went. Or maybe another developer would have to take it on. I think like Night Dive just doesn't do a lot of original development. Well, I guess if you if they did it in the same engine and maybe just had to um, make more assets, reduce story stuff, and without having to change too much of the core, maybe the development would be um, expedited a bit. It's possible. Um, they're porting two to the Kex engine for Enhanced Edition, I believe, which is their in-house engine. Okay. That the modern version of Quake also runs on and stuff. This remake is on Unreal for what it's worth. Um. I'm excited to play more of this. It feels like a very, well, here I go again. Like I was going to say, it feels like a very intentional throwback. It's not a throwback because it was back to begin with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this is like, in fact, to arguably like along with Ultima Underworld, like the game that started the whole genre. So this is not a throwback in and of itself, but having never played it before, it's like, oh man, it's like a an undiscovered one of these that I've never seen before. And now I get to play it for the first time. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's got, you know, it's, it's got the thing I love of you can interact with, like, kind of everything in the environment, although you can't, like, pick it up and throw it around. <laughs> it's mostly just pick it up and break it down into scrap. Right. Um, I guess I guess they've streamlined the controls dramatically. I've never, I, I should fire up the original sometime just to see how it worked. Like, apparently, apparently there were, like, a, eight movement controls. Oh, I have no like idea. Different different controls for walk and crouch and stand back up and, like, run and all kinds of insane stuff. And also, you interacted with the world like a point-and-click game in the first game, like a mouse cursor detached from your look. Okay. So this is this is much more modern game. Just this like feels your, fine. Like yeah, your, your crosshair is the thing you use to interact with things. It's WASD. It feels like a modern game. Uh, I'll say maybe one of the most interesting things. This game is fun, I, and I, I wanted to go back in and explore it more. But um, I mentioned twenty-two years uh, earlier because that's what the text here on our uh, uh, description page said, and I'm pretty sure that was written when this game was announced. <laughs> so mm. that's why it says... Yeah, that, that, yes, that checks out. It says, after fact. 22 years, Cyberpunk Cult Classic System Shock is getting an update. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's just to tell you how long this has been in development. Plus so, or minus... <laughs> seven to seven plus years. Um, eight, eight years-ish. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to play more of this. Um, I think the like lack of direction feels like a fun challenge. I do wonder maybe if it's going to get to be too much at some point. Or maybe it, maybe it gets easier. Maybe once you get your bearings and you, you get more on a uh, a couple of tracks here, maybe it gets yeah. easier. I don't know. The, the, the review on The Verge I read from somebody who's played through the original like four times kind of made it sound like it just gets harder. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. At some point. Um, okay. So we'll see. One of the difficulty levels, they segment them out, you know, like you can tweak difficulty on combat and yeah. puzzles and story all independently. And one of those gives you an uh, objective indicators. 
Oh, okay. I, forget, I don't know if it's puzzle or probably story, I would guess. If you put that on easy, they do put objective indicators in there. Can you change that mid-game or do you have to start Probably. Over? Okay. Probably. I um I just left everything on default, which was two, I think. Yeah. I, th- I think it looks great. I'm really enamored of the look with all the neon computer lights everywhere. And like, there's like really weird cyber stained glass patterns all over the place and stuff. Yeah. I think it looks cool as well. I, I, um, I'm digging it. I, it's, uh, it's available now on steam. I think they do have, or had announced some plans to bring it other places. Um, but those might be TBD. I think it's on Epic as well. Uh, so look for it there though with this development, I don't know exactly where everything is at this point in their release schedule, but it is definitely available on steam because that's where I played it. Yeah. Console versions coming later. Apparently they have dates or just TBD. Okay. Uh, 40 bucks to get into system shock currently. Uh, let's talk quickly here about, uh, let's jump, uh, into see how everybody's doing on the old legend of Zelda. Any, any news? Nothing significant to report again. Street fighter took over most of my week, but, uh, you know, I continue to plug away and just kind of, you know, go to whatever looks most interesting to me at any given moment. Um, still haven't really done a dungeon in that game. I just keep going to villages and just kind of poking around and doing side quests and stuff. Okay. Do they do they give you powers after the dungeons on the same order as the first game in terms of how much they affect the game? I would say yes. Okay. Uh, they're more tailored towards this game's uh, specific mechanics, but I would say yes so far. I've done two. I don't know where I'm, I've done two, and I'm excited to do more because of that. You know, because they're fairly unique. Um, and the powers or the dungeons. Well, I'll say Oof. the first dungeon I did what felt derivative from Breath of the Wild. The second one oh. I, I did did not. So hopefully it's, it's I haven't done a third to have a, a true uh, test here. So I'm hoping the they're less like that first dungeon and more. The first one just felt like a beast to me. The the second one I did, which was the um let's call it the fire dungeon, was more fun and interesting. Uh uh at least longer? Are they, are they longer like old Zelda games or they're, no, they're, they're fairly short. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Like uh, a lot of enemies. Cause that's another no. thing where the divine beast said like two, like, you know, not a lot of enemies. No, no. At least the two I've done very, it's more, it's more, um, Hey, how fluent with the mechanics are you? It's more, you know, like the, the puzzle solving here is going to be use the mechanics in ways that solve this dungeon. And we're not, I mean, you get a boss at the end, but this isn't a combat trial. Um, uh, I did. Uh, I've done a bunch of shrines now. I almost thought I was up to my second tier of hearts, uh, but it just popped another one at the end of my first tier. I feel like once you get to your second row of hearts, you know you're like, all right, I've done something right. I'm I'm really moving here. Um, stamina wheel is building up again. It's I, I'm enjoying it. I it re- the game really just did a ninety degree turn for me once some of the mechanics started opening up specifically that mechanic where I could spend Zonite to just build whatever contraption I wanted to that, that without that, I think I probably would have put this game down. Like, it's, mm-hmm. um, I, it's just such a difference where it's like, ah, oh, I just want to build this thing. And now I can, now I could just do that. Um, I'm doing all the Korok challenges that I come across. I mean, the ones where you have to get the little Korok to the other end now because of that. And I'm really engaging with the systems much, much more than it yeah. was before uh so yeah i'm having a lot of fun 
like I said, I'm, I think I have a feel I'm just going to be playing this game in some version or another for let's just say the rest of this year. I it's I'm I'm taken more by how much I want to poke around in the world now that yeah um I initially found the world kind of uninteresting and now I want to poke every dark corner of every world bit. I spend too much time underground is my thing. I just I just need to get see the light. Just get out there. I should is probably it, do the dungeons to get the powers. Is it still underground? Is it still just uh like there for its own sake? Like, has there been anything you have to do down there, or is it just another place to explore? Uh, like, they're, like, they're, like, they're not going to put one of the dungeons down there, I guess is what I'm saying. No, nah, no comment. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, they, they do... It, There's it does, stuff going on down there. It does seem to integrate with... Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what, this this sky stuff has been maybe the least interesting for me. Again, huh. I think I said that the last time. Like, <sighs> yeah, I, I don't... <sighs> I don't hate the sky stuff at all, but it definitely feels more like the puzzle is getting up there, and then once you're up there, it's just a discrete thing to explore. Like, it does not have quite the same level of, like, I can just poke around anywhere and see what's going on here. It feels like once you're up there, it's like, well, I have to solve this challenge now, and then once I'm done here and seen everything, now I can just go back down. Yeah, I mean, I guess by its very nature, there's only so much they can put up there, right? Because it's, like, pretty limited space. It, it feels like the islands in Wind Waker. Like you, they're they're pretty oh, uh, isolated okay. um, things that you're like, oh, okay. There's like a three step process to exploring this sky archipelago, right? And then yeah. then you're kind of moving on to the next batch of things there, and then or you're back on the ground. So you know, kind of like in Wind Waker, it's like if you get to the thing, you'll explore that area. I haven't gotten to anything too mesmerizing up there. I think the story is really going interesting places and that's good because I thought the story was kind of cliche and rote and, and that's a saying a lot for a Zelda game mm-hmm. um, but because I have a lot of patience for that stuff. But uh, they've been delivering what seems like side story bits and not mission critical stuff that is super interesting to the story um, by way of the glyphs on the ground. I don't know if Alex, you've in- interacted with some of those uh, that give you kind yes. of these kind of the background to what's happened here and it's it's just sci-fi enough where i'm actually really digging it um it's got it's got a neat little bent to it where it's like okay i kind of want to know what what led up to all this this is Mm -hmm. this is kind of interesting no i think they've made something compelling out of you know like hey what's again zelda stories are very hit or miss for me it's usually like okay i am i interested in this enough uh, you know, to keep going through the quest or paying attention to what's actually happening here. I think there's enough here. My favorite modern Zelda stories are when they try to loosely uh, bring in other Zelda games as as there is a cycle to these things. And, you know, in the past or there's a prophecy in the future of this other thing that hints that the other Zelda games are on the continuum somewhere. Yeah. Right? Like. Oh, thousands of years ago, the the, earth, the world was flooded, right? Or mm-hmm. there's a prophecy in the future there'll be a time travel. Like the, when the when the Zelda games hint at those things, it makes me very interested when they recognize their own bullshit. Um, so. as, as as much as I enjoyed Wind Waker, I remember getting extremely excited at the end of that game yes. when you go under the ocean and there's a high rule there. Yeah, that's I was like neat. I was like I was like, oh my god, am I going to get to like run around Hyrule and do stuff for a few hours and then no, because that's not what that game was. But for a minute I was like, Oh man. I mean, I think they directly reference Ocarina, right? Isn't it like, uh, isn't that the, I think so. 
the, the stained glass. Uh, that's my recollection of it. I think so. It's been a while. It's cool. Like that stuff's always the coolest to me in in, yeah. in a Zelda story. Let's say. Otherwise, yeah. it's like ah, you know, fucking Ganon. It's always it's gonna be Ganon. <laughs> it's always Ganon. It's yeah. Ganon. Oh, your wizard. It's Ganon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, still going strong there. Uh, yeah. I, I wonder if you could do an hour count in that game. It's funny they do. This is not spoiler, but it is. It is I thought it was very interesting. They roll up some of the DLC Breath of the Wild stuff, which, Brad, I don't know if you have out of the gate. Did you get the – do you have the thing that tracks I, your progress on the map? I, yes. I, I own all the DLC for Breath of the Wild. And, yeah, okay. what is it? The hero mode? Hero's path mode? Something like that? So that's yeah, all I, rolled into this. Uh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen that in some, like, Twitter screenshots and stuff. Which is funny. Like, I just roll it all up and, like, great. Okay. Is uh, a motorcycle in there? I Well, you build your own motorcycle. Oh, of yeah. course. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Of course. I've, I've, been, I've been debating whether I should go track down the motorcycle or not. Just go track down the motorcycle. Have fun in that game. I mean, then that's gonna that's gonna completely negate the presence of the horses, though. Yeah, I'll never, I'll never want to tame another horse if I go yeah. get the motorcycle too early. You tamed one. Go get the one that's like a mission critical one, and then just go get your motorcycle. Yes, I have that quest. It's a pain. Yeah. I don't have enough stamina to get that horse. Just drink. Just go to the person who swaps hearts for stamina and drink a bunch of potions. Get your damn horse, and then mm. drink them back. Yeah, I literally had a thing like that in Tears of the Kingdom where I was like, "Okay, we're doing this." I was like, "Let me go get a bunch of uh, stamina potions, and I'll just go do this thing." Because I don't want to, I don't want to come back to this. Tears yeah. of the Kingdom, I really like it. Um, it's it's been out. It continues to be out. Mm-hmm. Um, a game uh, I did not think <laughs> would get more DLC, but uh, for Spoken in Tanta, we trust. Has a twelve dollar DLC. I think they're just saying it's like an episode. It's fairly short. I did not finish it. I've heard play times of two to four hours. Okay. Um, I don't know really what to think of it at this point. I'm a couple of hours, maybe like an hour change into it. It's weird. It's a weird thing to play, feeling like you're never going to see more of this game ever. Like this was probably started uh, production. Uh, towards the end of Forspoken, not after its reception. And it feels like a thing that's like, I don't know, there's something sad about like swan songish about this. Does it kind of feel like going back and like watching one of those like post credit teaser from one of the various D thing, DC things that never happened. Uh, so I've heard that this ends on a huge, um, cliffhanger. Oh no. Uh, so I'm curious to see how that, that plays out too. Oh, that's a shame. It, uh, that's a choice. Yeah. So it's a prequel. It's a post game prequel to, uh, uh, for saying prequel prequel. Well, I was trying Are to think if there's a funny Frenchy word with me here. What are we doing? <laughs> funny word to do? That's like post prequel. Like, okay. um, uh, yeah. So you, you shouldn't pick it up until you finished for spoken, which for the three of us out there, uh, th- this is there. I think a decent number of people finish that game, mostly because it isn't insanely long. Yeah, it's not that long. Um, it's. I don't. Know if, I don't know if I like it so far. <laughs> Just to I, be honest I'm with you, like kind of shocked you actually went back to it. I well, I I didn't I didn't hate Forspoken. It was okay. Like Forspoken's okay. I thought some of the story stuff was interesting. I wanted to see what they're going to do with the story stuff here. But they take away all your abilities. They give you start to kind of give you some new stuff. You're very underpowered in the beginning of this. I, I'm going to see it through cause, just because it's very short and I want to see where the story stuff goes. But um, I don't know. I, I Forspoken just is kind of sad to me. 
that the, that whole tale. It, it seemed like so much damn work that game. Yeah, yeah, they they put a lot of money and a lot of effort into that thing. Like a lot of people put a lot of hours and their lives into making Forspoken, and that thing just seemed to fall off the earth. Yep. Uh, yeah. When it came I mean, out. The, the team has been disbanded already. It, what was it? Illumin- it was it was folded back Luminous, into Luminous other product. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Maybe disbanded is too strong, but yes, it's not a Luminous Productions is Luminous. not a like it's not a brand anymore or not. It wasn't a brand, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So like that, that team in and of itself doesn't really exist now. Yeah. So I'll, I'll see how it goes again. It's 12 bucks. So I think it's probably priced accordingly. Um, you know, it's not like a $30 piece of DLC, but I have heard it's fairly short. Some people, I when reading the reviews of it. Um, at least the steam reviews were like, it's not bad because it's small in scope. You know, it's got like a tight scope on it, but I think the people who are leaving steam reviews are people who probably were way into Forspoken. So the people who are not, are not coming back to this to, touch it uh that is out now twelve dollars uh, playing it over on the, the playstation 5 there's the pc version sunshine shuffle alex uh-huh what's up with this we saw a little of this on our grab bag stream yeah just want to briefly touch on this because i went and played a little bit more of it uh it is a narrative game that also is a uh texas hold'em simulator with cute animals who cuss a lot <laughs> Or, you know, at very least, say, very gruff, sometimes threatening things. Um, It is from Strange Scaffold, the makers of uh, Space Warlord Organ Trading Simulator. Uh uh, And also the uh, Airport Run for Dogs, which I don't remember the full phrasing of that title, but I'm not going to try. You know, it's a comedy game, and it's pretty lightweight, but, like, the poker part of it is actually not bad. And uh, the the little story they are spinning with the cute animals who are all varying degrees of criminal uh, is is not is pretty is pretty neat. I think if you are a poker night in the inventory kind of person, you might find something to like here. Do they have any kind of um, local or or I don't suspect online multiplayer that's in it at all? It's just I have not even tried. I've just been playing the campaign. There might actually be something, but I haven't I have not messed with anything beyond just like what the, the story campaign is. Can you bust out? Like, can you I run out of yet. money? Okay. It's like, possible it's- you can, but I mean, it. it's, you know, you're playing through discrete games, uh, and, you know, it's just sort of like, try and get everyone's chips. Okay. So it's like, is it broken up into like little vignettes or, or rounds yeah. or something like that? Like, okay. there's a lot of dialogue, and sometimes that dialogue will be interrupted by what's happening in the hand, but then they'll just go right back to whatever the story thing that you were doing is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's Xavier Nelson, who is, I think, a very funny writer. Uh, they're, you know, sometimes his games are not, like, terribly deep, <laughs> but I feel like what they are doing here uh, is is pretty funny and pretty cute. And, you know, it's not a it's not an overly expensive game. So and as someone who likes poker, like, I think it's it's just it's a good enough distraction for me. OK, training. Yeah. Training, Vul- Vulgar Animal Crossing. Yeah. Is kind of the vibe. It's, you know, again, it's nine bucks on Steam right now, so or uh, itch.io if you want it there. That is a Sunshine a Shuffle. Uh, that is also out now on the PC. Uh, none of us. It's on put- Switch now too, by the way. Oh, is it? Uh, oh after did it come the, out today? After brief uh, controversy about S- child gambling and what have you, I do believe it is now launched on Switch. Okay, or we got it on Switch. Um, none of us played Gollum. No, I, I may have downloaded it this morning. That um, none of us has played it. We can't speak be, to it. I don't really want to. 
There, that might that might be something I fire up on a stream. There are I'm two gonna, things I, I could say about Golem. Okay. One is I saw a lot of people talking some shit about that game. Two, the devs put out an apology to that, apologize. That was the part for, I was going to bring up. Yeah, uh, for the bugs, which is you look. We've had a lot of those. They're not. They're not alone in that regard. No. Um, but this is a thing that I'm going to echo a sentiment out there that I really wish we stopped trying to make developers have to post notes app apologies every time mm-hmm. a game is bad. Like, I'm not saying that bad games should just be like accepted and it's like, ah, oh, I can't be that bad. You know, all games are good. No, that's not the attitude I'm taking here. What I'm saying is that making developers like, you know prostrate themselves in front of an audience to be like we we beg your forgiveness for this game turning out shitty despite the fact that i guarantee you the vast majority of people who worked on that game knew it was not in a releasable state but the whoever was in charge of them said no you have to like that shit just feels bad and the people who demand this i'm telling you right now if you spent one day in the ps2 gamecube era you would die I I think putting out a buggy or broken game is not acceptable. Like if you if you no. know stuff gets out there and it's bad, we do live in a fairly better age of digital refunds. Not great, and I wouldn't even say it's good not by a flawless any means. system by any no. stretch. Uh, I think demanding apologies is a weird thing, but also uh, if if your game is bad, that's one thing. If it's if it's crashing or unplayable on the platform. I think that's a if it's that's a te- pretty bad if it's a technical mess, and I don't actually know m- that much about Gollum. Uh, I also I feel weird and uncomfortable when I see those apologies things because the teams that work on stuff, you're right, they know these things are not heading out the door. These There's are like, executive decisions, like these yeah. are ex- decisions being made by people who need to get shit out in fr- in front of a quarter. You know, yeah, your 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 anger is, should always be directed at the business people. Yeah, who determined how well resourced the development was and how quickly it was forced to wrap up. And I'll say, like that Gollum game never looked that appealing to me to begin with. Uh, it was a, always a very strange concept to me. But you know, it's absolutely the kind of thing that you could see getting churned out during that PS2 GameCube era, where people were just putting any kind of weird ass license thing out they could. But at the same time, like the state they released it in was not acceptable by any stretch. But I don't know what people were actually expecting from a Gollum game. You know, like, I don't know what level of disappointment people actually have with this thing because it always seemed like a really weird sell to me. Yeah, it's not like this was Cyberpunk 2077 that was poised to be the de facto game of the year before it came out and turned out to be a mess. Like, I don't know who was clamoring for this in the first place. I mean, in a way, they made a game that is every bit as, like, hideously ugly and, like, fundamentally broken as its protagonist. That's art. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is put out by Daedalic, which I like Daedalic's games uh, as a publisher generally. Uh, I was kind of surprised to see them get this game uh, as a licensed game, but you know, they've put out a lot of point-and-click adventure games. They put out... Um, oh, that, it's them. Yeah, the, that Barrow Trauma game, which we played. They put out a lot of interesting smaller games. Uh, this, So knowing that, and their kind of catalog of what they've published before, a big marquee Lord of the Rings games never seemed like a thing they would connect with. You know what I mean? Like, um, like expectations for what this game would be for me from this publisher, um, were probably pretty tempered, but we did not play it. Uh, but it is a big release out there. something that we probably, maybe we'll look at on a stream or something, but I've, I've got it here. It's under consideration. Okay. There is a, a curiosity. Steam, 
On Steam, there is a Sindarin VO pack for $2.99. Okay. So. Going to get you with the, uh, um, the deal or the add-ons. Jeez. Yes. Sorry, I'm looking at it now on Steam, too. There's like a decent amount of emotes packs. Oh, oh yeah, I take, dude. I take it back. <laughs> what are we I, doing? I have obtained mistakes. the game and, and the Sindarin voiceover. So Please make sure if you play, Maybe. get the emotes pack, because I need to see Gollum, what his emotes are. Hopefully he does a cool dance. My understanding yeah. is they are disappointing even by the extremely low standards you would expect. Okay. All right. Um, uh, that's Lord of the Rings Gollum, a game we did not play. What a is. time. But is but is out in a, a game we have talked about before. I felt weird not mentioning it uh, at all. Uh, that's gonna do it for the games for this week. We're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna be back with the news. Stick around. This week's show is brought to you by Factor. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. Do you guys know what Factor is? <laughs> I do. I thought you were about to ask if I knew what food is. Do you also know what food is? I've heard of it. It sounds cool. Do you know what food can be? Factor's here. Factor is here to tell you what food is and can be. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door we've gotten some factor before i've actually mm-hmm. found it to be quite tasty and delicious and convenient mm-hmm. um you can put it in the toaster oven put it in the microwave i did the toaster oven it was ready i think in the toaster oven was ready between like 10 15 minutes pretty quick you can choose from over 34 weekly flavor packed fresh never frozen meals ready to eat in two minutes you can level up with Gourmet Plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Ooh, you could treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Not that regular butter, truffle butter. Round out your meals and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of over 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes bacon and cheddar egg bites Ooh, potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet oh man factor what are you what are you doing to me factor with factor you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice they offset 100 of their delivery emissions source 100 renewable electricity for their production sites and offices and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals Head to factormeals.com slash nextlander50 and use code nextlander50 to get 50% off. That's code nextlander50 at factormeals.com slash nextlander50 to get 50% off potato, bacon, and egg breakfast skillet. Thanks, Factor. And we are back. And of course, what would the news be without two things? One, an update on the Microsoft Blizzard acquisition or a story on AI. This time I feel like we decided to go on the story on AI, the artificial intelligence Brad Shoemaker. How is AI affecting us this very minute, this second? 
I think both of those topics have become fairly played out unless there's something actually momentous to talk about, which in this case there is. Um, NVIDIA has announced a thing at Computex called Avatar Cloud Engine. Oh, the which Ace is, Team. Which is, Ace. which is them getting pretty heavily into the generative AI for game development middleware space. I think we all saw, saw this coming. I think, mm. you know. Kind of, yes and no. I mean, yeah, obviously they're behind machine learning type stuff. Um, well, if not NVIDIA, then like uh, somebody is going to fold in AI into oh, yeah, for every, sure. that, every aspect of game development. Yeah, that, that's definitely been happening and will continue to happen. I mean, the thing here is that, you know, from crypto to NFTs to quote unquote AI, you know, there's like a bajillion fly by night startups that'll be gone next week trying mm-hmm. to push things. But, you know, NVIDIA is far and away the biggest hardware provider of the type of hardware you need to run machine learning applications in the world. So for them to be leaning into this, this hard is seems like a pretty big declaration that this is not going anywhere in game development anytime soon. But the the thing I was going to say though, is the the only difference here is that it occurred to me NVIDIA was also the, probably the biggest company enabling the crypto boom a few years ago. Mm. But in that case, they put limiters on the hardware to try to discourage miners from buying their cards for that purpose because nobody could get them for games, right? Mm. Whereas here, if this is them, you know, very directly enabling this in a pretty major way. Well, so this isn't um, this isn't necessarily just, or this ACE stuff isn't necessarily just for uh, speeding along development. The story you've posted here goes into uh, how this could affect the gameplay or how this could manifest on the playing side of it, if... Uh, if all is to be believed by NVIDIA's assertions or promotions here, Brad, what are they saying generative AI is, is primed to do, or they would like it to do? Well, it's a, this is a suite of suite of tools for voice recognition, uh, text to speech, and probably most crucially here, <laughs> the real time dynamic writing. Yeah. Oh boy. Nem- like real time. Nemotum. N e m o t. There's a lot of acronyms in their whole thing here. Kind of the idea is essentially sort of endless interactive NPC speech mm-hmm. being generated on the fly. I hate this. Uh, which they put up a demo. They put up a demo. Mm-hmm. They put up a demo. First of all, the demo is in like one by fifty nine <laughs> aspect ratio. Yeah, I, I I think that's probably because of this. The aspect ratio of the screen at the Computex stage, if I had to guess, I don't know. It's gotta be, I don't know. It's It's, a little difficult to watch. It's the widescreen video I have ever seen. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I might actually be able to tell you what the aspect ratio is. 3.56 to 1. Okay, great. That's pretty wide. It's pretty wide. It's a good looking demo, but we're not here to talk about graphics. Of course, it's good looking. But yes, this is essentially like a human player's talking in real time with their voice to an AI that is having both the text written on the fly and then turned into speech on the fly. So it's Milo then kind of this proof of concept from NVIDIA is terrible. It's pretty rough, but you know that it's going to get better and we've seen how fast this stuff goes, but this is not going to sell anybody that this current state of it is all that. Yeah. It's like, it's squarely between like, it's amazing that this is even possible. And also this is completely unusable by any modern video game standards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no way you could release this without an editor getting a hold of it and like, at least doing something to it. It's just, it's just incredibly robotic. 
the yeah. uh, the performance is flat from the text to speech. The answers are uh, robotic and not natural at all. And uh, you know the mouth stuff actually looks okay. It looked I think that makes it even worse because it looks like this robot this person who is very well rendered is giving this flat uh, um, answer. This would work much better if this were uh, they did this demo with somebody talking to a computer or an a- or, or an AI. It would be much more believable. I don't want that. Like, I don't want an experience that is not something that is contained, that is not, you know, crafted by a person. Say whatever the hell you want about the nature of game barks and NPC dialogue and the way Uh that things are presented in modern video games. The thing you can say right now is that even even at their worst in big scale video games, a lot of NPC stuff is far and away better than it used to be. And I think a big, a big, a big thing is that like, Ultimately, in the end, even if it is low-level writers doing a lot of this stuff, it's still a person. A person is crafting the things that are being said to the player. They are creating a character, even if it is an extremely minor, unimportant character. There is someone at least thinking about what that character should be saying to the player. I will never trust one of these systems to actually emulate that sort of thing in a way that doesn't feel like... No matter how much they refine this technology, it's I'm it's not going to be what I want mm. from that experience because I'm not coming to this stuff because I want a robot person who can think. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to this because I want a story. I want an experience from someone who is a writer that crafted a story for me, however minor that might be. And in the end, a lot of this stuff, as much as they want to talk around like how important it is, how it's going to you know change the, the face of game development, what they are actually talking about here is changing labor and finding ways to undermine labor with this stuff. I mean, I'm going to give you a quote right now from a story with Bobby Kotick from today that oh went my. out on Variety. Oh, where in between grousing about the aggressive labor unions that were trying to, you know, disrupt his company, he also put out this quote, playing games is such a visceral experience. We're getting to the point where the game itself is able to create its own content in real time. That will be exquisite. <laughs> I, I think we're talking about two different things here. I think we're talking about the technology versus the ethics of the technology, but they're the same thing. Uh, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think this technology is not going away and we have to pursue the ethics of the technology. I think that's where we should be putting a lot of our, that's where I would be putting my energy because I don't think you're going to get this to go away. Well, good news. The government, I believe has just anointed an AI task force. So it's problem solved to start investigating these issues i'm sure they will do a bang-up job yeah like i don't think it's gonna go away but i think we have to like i would put my support into labor unions you know into making sure people oh, yeah. have jobs well that's what i'm saying this technology is not just going to disappear if it's available and and we don't address it people are just going to lose their jobs well if, yeah if, if we if we acknowledge it's here and try to protect the people who will make it or use it that's that's where I want to put my energy. But you're seeing that right now. Like that fight totally. is happening it's right a, now a, with a, the Writers Guild. Yeah, it's kind of a nightmare. Like it, I'm not saying it's great. And what I want is not for a robot to make the game. I want to yeah. I want to have a human fill in the lore that can the, the you know a generative AI in a tech space could draw from. So I, I think there's I think there's some nuance to be had there in, in not saying hey this whole AI thing which encompasses a lot of different technologies right like the like the lip flap stuff is kind of neat and i bet that saves a lot of people from having to do 
the bad lip sync we've seen in games. Yeah, I look, I'm not saying that there aren't applications where you can use this to streamline existing work that is done by people. Like, but the thing is, like, the way this stuff is talked about and the way it is presented now, there's really no other way to read it other than to say that uh, the people who are pushing this technology the hardest and for, you know, and in, in, in the places they're pushing it is because they want to deal with labor as little as possible. Like, they want to excise as much of the labor problem that they think is there uh, in order to, you know, streamline things so that they can make things more efficiently and make more money off of them. And yeah, I, mean, I think the problem right now is that, like, you are seeing your, like, as I mentioned with the WGA stuff, when they were in negotiations with the movie studios about, you know, uh, like a big part of the, the current WGA strike is more about streaming numbers and, you know, making sure that residuals are paid to people and that stuff. They threw in a thing in there that was literally they thought was a softball win for their union of saying, hey, we just want tighter regulations on how AI is used to generate scripts mm -hmm. uh, and how it is used, you know, in, in performance. And the studios immediately balked to that and said, we are not negotiating on this point at all. And the reason I bring that up is because this is the same mentality that I feel like this technology is being applied to in video games. Yeah, I mean, you know, corporations are always going to exploit and misuse technology and people as much as they can, because, of course, because they're corporations, that's exactly what they do. Like you saw, I don't know if you've seen the response to that Cyan Worlds game that just came out. Like, yeah, uh, Firmament apparently, apparently has used some AI assisted writing for I'm not clear what. And also some, an some apparently some AI generated voices in that game too. Oh, jeez. I have not I mean, seen the reaction like, to it. It's the, not the good. Hope, the, the, hope. the game or the, or the reaction to the it. The reaction to it. Because I, I didn't think that stuff was that good in that game to begin. Like, I, I don't think we're at a point where it's mistakable, but we will get to a point where it could take over. Yeah. And, pe and people will take that shortest route unless we put protections in. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think, I think we're on the same page and that we both want the protections. The thing is, I can't embrace the technology in any way, shape, or form until those protections exist. Because right now, the way this stuff is being talked about and the way it's being presented as if it is as if it's a foregone conclusion and we're just going to have to deal. Yeah, I mean, the, the hope is on the low end as like more open source and democratized applications of this technology come about like maybe more small developers will be able to use it to, to get a leg up or to at least tread water but for the time being like merely deploying the stuff is so like capital intensive that only the biggest companies are going to be doing it at any large scale for the time for the for the foreseeable future right sure this is going to require large amounts of cloud cloud processing and stuff to even use stuff like this so it's going to be probably the activisions of the world putting this to use uh, in any significant way for quite some time, I would assume. I don't know. I, 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 I feel like I kind of get why people are protective of something like writing in a way that they are not of like, like I feel like speed tree is the go-to example here of like sure. cl classic procedural generation in video game development. And like, there's not really, a, there, there was not an artisanal 3d tree modeling scene no. existing before speed tree came about. It was just your game had two free models, right? Yeah. So, but like, you know, writing is something that gets into the territory of like feeling like it requires a human soul to do right. You know, it's a discipline yeah. that needs like it's an actual it's, creative art, like a, a certain amount. Yeah. Like a certain amount of or a significant amount of like skill and, and heart and soul to do well. So like I, I definitely get the much more intense skepticism around this kind of technology encroaching on that kind of creative territory. 
I think I would feel I would feel less this way if every person I see championing this technology wasn't talking about it in a very like finally art has been democratized anyone can make this stuff you know like I can you know I can churn out my fucking 90 sci-fi novels a year and <laughs> throw them on Amazon because ChatGPT has fucking revolutionized shit and it's just like it's just the most it's missing the point, but very much on purpose. It yeah, is I mean, sailing it, over the point in order to make it so that just it feels like the thing you are doing is the inevitable conclusion. I mean, for that matter, the the NFT bro to crypto bro to AI bro pipeline like went into effect overnight. In it's just one straight pipe, basically. Efficient way, and it's really amazing to watch those people and immediately see the way they talk and realize that all of their positions are basically just based on like envy and spite. Yeah. Like, yeah, like it the, is. The, the, the glee to with, with which they basically celebrate like the end of human artists is like, Hey, it's like delusional. Mm -hmm. Like that's not going to happen anytime soon, but be like, it's just fucking gross. But like, it's also worth trying to set those people aside because they are not worth consideration. Cause fuck them. No. And also like, look at the technology and actually, try to understand what the realities of it are because that's kind of why Nvidia making this de declaration is a big deal like it's clearly not going away you know? yeah and, and I think I think that drives people into these kind of maximalist positions of um, all of it is terrible and I think I think there's a lot of really positive stuff to come out of AI assisted technologies that are are helping to move things forward as assisted tools uh, you know and uh, research. And even in game development, right? That are, that are going to be helpful, but without guardrails in place, without strong labor unions, without making sure that they are tools and not crutches, yeah. I think we are going to wind up in our worst nightmare. And I, I honestly don't have the faith we will be able to legislate our way out of it, just given everything. Like we just don't have those. Protections I mean, we can't legislate here. anything right yeah. now. Yeah. So. In the United yes. States, I kind of yeah. look to Europe. Maybe, maybe the EU can figure it out. Like the United States, it's just we can't even get our our heads out of our you know our own budget ass. But I do look at this stuff as this is not great. This this Nvidia stuff is no. not great. But in proof of concept, it is where things are going to head. And, you know, I've always been fascinated with things like Dr. Svetso, things that uh, try to mimic uh, human stuff in games or, or in interaction. I think that this is an interesting way. You still have to, hopefully, there are going to be humans involved in the training, the lore, the, the feeding, the prompts. Um, well, they will but, because all the, uh, all the stuff they're training it with is stuff stolen from humans. <laughs> in a less super cynical take on it, if it is feeding off of your own lore that you have made, uh, in a way, your lore Bible and, and can, and work off of those things would be, uh, um, you know, it's going to be integrated how to get the protections in place as it integrates into workplaces, I think is, it's going to be really the most important thing. And it's a real shame that we have, um, kneecapped most of the leverage and union, uh, powers that the, the workers have in those spaces because. It's not a great position to be in, right? No. To to and have it's not by accident. No, to have undermined a lot of the power of the the workers to then set them up to be like uh, right now it's in a place where I don't think you can get by on this stuff. It's it's a it's a supplement. Yeah, like yeah, like when I when I see comments like from Kodak, you know, that just kind of reeks of classic executive hubris because yeah. like part of me wants to be like and the same thing in like the screen screenwriting field right now. Part of me wants to be like, they want to try putting out a bunch of content based solely on this technology. Like, let them, <laughs> let yeah. them try because look at the quality of the stuff right now. Like, 
that's not going to pass muster with anybody. But then, yeah, like, it's going to get better. That, that, that there is a danger there to just saying, yeah, fucking go for it. Like, let's see you do it. But then, yes, this, these things are going to improve. And that's another reason that it's worth, like, keep track, keeping track of this stuff and understanding what the capabilities are, because it's, it's something we are going to be living with for the foreseeable future. And it's, um, you know, and anybody who is is into this technology in the more academic way is ringing alarm bells of, uh, you know, basically really coming out in force now to say, hey, pump the brakes. Uh, we're, we need we need to kind of get ahead of this stuff before we try to capitalize on every middle class uh, uh, job out there and, yeah. and, and wipe it out. Look, you don't come to me for the non-cynical takes, okay? Like it's I, no, this it's, is what I a, have. It's a very real take. Yeah. Um I you know, I can I'm I'm of two minds of like this is cool and we need protections, right? Yeah. Like like this is a neat thing. This is a thing as a kid I've always wanted to see, which is be able to talk to your NPCs in a more natural way, but I hope it doesn't have to come at the cost of the uh the people, the industry I like turning into Bobby Kotick and a chat GBT session, right? Like yeah. that's, I mean, it all boils down to who you're putting it in the hands of, but yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. This, the AI stuff, I, I absolutely think it's going to change the world. And I absolutely believe it's not going to be, uh, legislated in a way that is going to benefit the people who are most at risk. Yeah. Like I, those two things I believe are, are, are true. It's this is human nature time and time again. They will be they will use the technology for the most disgusting things. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, even if it is like a, a breakthrough technology, you know, uh, th- what's the game that is uh, currently slated to have some of this in it? Is it a uh, stalker Ooh. stalker two? It's going to have audio two face audio two face huh. uh, uh, supposedly in it. So we'll see how audio two face worked their their naming is terrible it's an interesting video if nothing else it's gonna get better but it, it ain't there yet jack and of course if you didn't if you didn't pick up the tone from what we we're talking about protections and unions mm-hmm. for the for the people who are make bobby kotick mad start a union today <laughs> um the i, I just ch- double checked audio two faces basically the dynamic facial animation against yeah. the speech track so like yeah you know, algorithmic versions of lip flap have been in use for 20 years at this point. Oh, yeah. That's not a, so that, a, a totally new thing. That that one is is relatively benign as these things go, I really think. I mean, the VO thing is also a thing because that has the potential to take work away from voice actors. But I really think it's the writing, the writing part, because that really is the backbone of any story, right? Like, like if you excise the humanity from that part of it, like, what do you even have at that point? It's hard to argue that it's still art at that point i think again and and i I hate to sound like i'm trying to defend it but i think it is trying to take your lore you have written and use that as the proprietary basis of course you're going to be training it on natural interactions but hopefully you're not just talking about or nvidia is not saying hey we will we will gin up the the lore part for you i think they're pitching yeah yeah Yeah, that's the next step i guarantee there are executives out there who think they're going to be the ones feeding the lore bible into the robot Right. Yes. It like, just scan it in. Like, what? What do we need any writers for? I could come up with the stuff myself. Yeah. Well, I think that already happens in some regard. Uh, but yes. Yeah. The, I mean, there, I, there was a thread going around on Twitter. I don't know. I don't remember who it was from. Basically, arguing that we're in the executive auteurship era of cinema. Basically, talking about the degree to which executives touch literally every piece of filmmaking oh. at this point. 
Nice. Like every every page of the script has to be approved. I mean, there's a reason why there are all these movies coming out about, hey, the true story of a product you're familiar with. Mm, the thing you loved was mm-hmm. a nightmare. Yeah. Like no no movie is just allowed to be a movie anymore. Everything's got to be a franchise starter, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's just expensive too. Like, yeah. I, like, just got to tear it all down. Uh, what's our next story here? Hold on. Let me get back to my notes here. Uh, big companies out there not squashing uh, the little guys. Oops, nope, that's not that story. Nintendo. Oh, yeah. No, that's definitely not that story. Uh, Nintendo. So, you have this story here uh, from Video Game Chronicle, uh, that Video Games Chronicle, that is basically talking about how Dolphin wanted to have a Dolphin, the kind of uh, a Wii emula- GameCube and Wii emulator wanted to have a release on Steam and Nintendo said, no, that's not going to happen. Well, I mean, I think the big thing was by having a Steam thing, it was essentially positioning it right onto people who have Steam decks um, and would have made it, you know, just a simple one-step process to get that software on there. Um, sure, I hadn't even thought about that. But so the reason that uh, they the cease and desist was sent and the reason that this has been pulled from uh, Steam listings, I mean, look, there is a certain amount of the Nintendo is extremely litigious and they extremely do not like it when you pirate their video games more so than just about any other company. But especially especially, let's say, in the last three weeks. Yeah. But there is one catch to this story that does make it a little bit different than just a destroying all the emulators uh, Mm -hmm. kind of story. So somewhere along the way, Dolphin started including what is essentially the Nintendo like trademarked like crypto like like cryptography, you know, like the the whatever it is that sort of makes it so that like we the the we common key more or less. Um, and that is in Dolphin. Like, they have taken the thing that made, you know, Wii games essentially only work on Wii hardware, and they have somehow put that into the software, which is not a thing that emulators normally do. Yeah, you really have to avoid, make sure you avoid any kind of intellectual property in the form of software or BIOSes or ROMs or anything like that. Yeah. That are lifted directly from hardware. Um, that's why, you know, there's like, Pretty much every system from CD on, so like Sega CD and PlayStation on, if you are trying to emulate those, you have to go find a BIOS yourself. Like, they will not distribute the BIOS because that's them distributing intellectual property that is not legal for them to do. Of course, what the end user goes and does is their business. Of course, they dumped it from their own console. (laughs) Right. Who wouldn't? That's right. Who wouldn't? Uh, Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nintendo, uh, you know, has a cl- has a claim to that intellectual property. Though their statement here is that uh, they're saying that this stifles um, innovation and creativity. But you know, when push comes to shove, this is not a strong position for Dolphin. Oh, that's, no, I mean that, that statement is absurd, of course. Yeah, but yeah. Again, on its face, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. But again, a corporation is going to say what they're going to say to justify their actions. But yeah, it seems like the Dolphin developers really kind of stepped in it here. And the, the reality is that, like you know, as pro emulation as I am, and generally you know, let's say piracy agnostic as I am, I think there are certain things that you just have to kind of avoid in order to keep yourself in the legal gray area. Yeah. And it sounds like they did not do that here. Yeah, it's 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 protecting yourself, doing your own due diligence, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting watching like 
multiple Switch emulators in development because there were those Nintendo leaks in the last few years, like massive amounts of source code and assets and stuff leaked from Nintendo development. And seeing people talk about like which of those emulators is definitely he's using like a fresh from the ground up, like clean room approach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And which ones are like, you know, they might be using some Nintendo code in there. It's unclear. Or, you know, it's like you ideally you really want to avoid the temptation to straight up go take source code that has been leaked and put it in your thing because that is super not going to pass muster legally. Yeah. So uh, this seems to skirt that area. Uh, and they are um, they have their multiple DMCA's and now, you know, um, I think yeah, they're I mean, branching out into uh, other various GitHub's and yeah, that's not just Dolphin. They've, they've been going after some other dumping tools. It looks like recently. Yeah. I mean, clearly, you know, Zelda, Zelda leak probably started 800 fires at Nintendo HQ. So maybe unsurprising to see this happening, but they, they didn't did. go after Dolphin. They only went after Dolphin on Steam for what it's worth. Yeah. Like the Dolphin software is still out there. And as far as I can, it is still pretty regularly accessible. So like the, yeah, the repo is still up. I don't think they've gone after the actual source code yet. Oh, they will. Uh, bu- 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 oh, this one. This one was interesting. The Last of Us multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, so the Last of Us multiplayer um, has been kind of been talked about for a while. It's been a little radio silent for a bit. Um, this I thought was interesting on the uh, um, heels of uh, Marathon and Bungie. It has been reported that The Last of Us multiplayer is going to be delayed officially. This is from Naughty Dog. That they are kind of um, going to reevaluate. Um, they have a. They're working on a single player thing. They want to share more soon. All of that stuff. They're they're grateful to everybody. They put up their 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 tweets. And then this story here reported, uh, again, from Video Games Chronicles, kind of says that Sony brought in Bungie, who is uh, being looked at, I guess, as the overseer of all online services uh, within Sony now. And was like, eh, this isn't, this isn't there. This isn't keeping kind of uh, online player engagement like it should. And maybe they are dictating, um, changing the scope and, and taking people off of that project over at Naughty Dog, which is kind of... It's interesting in the Last of Us multiplayer stuff, but it's also very interesting in the role Bungie is taking over at Sony to kind of oversee their larger online uh, pushes over there. Because Sony, Sony hasn't had a lot of first party online, you know, not not in recent memory, no. And you know, I mean, this is interesting in the sense that like everyone after that that game did not appear on the most recent Sony showcase. Everyone was kind of like, "Well, where is that thing?" And almost immediately, this information got out there um yeah it was also funny to watch this this originally came out of a jason schreier report on bloomberg um it was funny to watch naughty dog tweet that announcement about the delay before the bloomberg story ran Mm. seemed like a clear example of i I assume he probably sought comment from them directly but but you know they maybe also heard about it elsewhere and we're just like all right let's (laughs) get get ahead ahead of this thing yeah let's just get it out there before the story runs um, man, thanks, Bungie. <laughs> uh, look, maybe if they're changing the scope of it, <laughs> it's possible that that thing really wasn't there. I don't know. Uh, and, I mean, and- the thing they cite is that 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 in their you know their play testing and and research that 
it's not that the game wasn't, you know, wasn't in any way there, but they didn't believe that it had like the long term potential that a live service game that's, needs to be successful. Yeah, that's the that's the rough part of this to me. It's like right up there with the AI stuff in terms of shitty business trends in the games business of this might have been a fun game. Right. Apparently it was not going to keep people buying season passes long enough. That's right. Was yeah. was the problem. I mean maybe 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 the game is troubled and actually not going well who who can say but yeah bungie raised questions about the project's ability to keep players engaged for a long period of time this says yeah uh, and um i don't and the it, unfortunate it, thing is at this stage you have to be able to do that because nobody's going to give you a chance if people do start dropping off after a few months yeah. right i mean on the other hand like look at how many live service games have shut down and started to say in disgrace which is a little harsh but like <laughs> A ton of live service games have come and gone in the last three, four years. I mean, if not in disgrace, then certainly in ignoble fashion. Uh, you know, yeah, like it just kind of I mean. just kind of petered out. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for them. I guess is what I mean. I don't mean disgraceful is not the right word, but yeah. it's more it's more just like it's a hugely crowded market, and those games are expensive to maintain. And seeing so many of them, like think about how much work went into them, and then they only make it six months or a year, and then they go offline. It's yeah. So like on the other hand, maybe it's good that they are you know, aggressively cutting things they don't think are going to make it because a lot of these have failed already. Do we have any idea what their quote, like new quote, brand new single player experience is? Is no. that, is that an unannounced thing at this point? No, they, they said a while back that they were working on a brand new single player thing, but that's about it. Okay. Do we know if that's, is that in the last of us universe as it's in this post or is that a naughty no, dog? Nobody knows. Okay. Except not Yard. And maybe Bungie. Maybe so. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, I don't know. Yes. Is if, is that Last of Us 3 or not is a, a pressing question for sure. Or are uh, they finally doing something new again? Speaking of pressing things, mm. Alan Wake 2, uh, they said the, uh, the Remedy said, we are not going to have a disc version of Alan Wake 2. They went on to elaborate about costs and, you know, keeps games at $60. And Yeah. Well, I think that came out of the fact on the game that went up after the showcase last week. Yeah. Which, you know, okay. Sure. I um, think their rationale is pretty sound here. Uh, look. Like they said they said not doing a disc helps keep the game at $60. Yeah. They cited the number of discless consoles that are being sold these days. And actually mm -hmm. the big one to me... I think about this all the time with retail stuff. They basically said, we don't want to ship a game on disc that requires a massive download as soon as you put it in. I mean, that's like very that's, real. That, that's the stuff. That's the, that's the stuff to me that really raises the question of what the value is of a physical release. If it's basically unusable without an internet connection and a huge download. Yeah. Like we talked about that with day one patches and, and, and the like, and you know, sometimes stuff is near unplayable. Uh, you know, stuff has to go gold weeks if not you know earlier i don't know a week i don't know what the turnaround time is now to press a disc but you're getting day one patches if not patches up for the first month that are fixing game breaking bug bugs sometimes well that's it case closed no mm -hmm. yeah. uh no alan yeah. wake to disc. Yeah, i mean you know some some people you could see people on twitter are not happy about it like people going like well i'm not buying it until you put out a disc mm -hmm. um but maybe not like the firestorm of criticism you would have expected years ago. 
Yeah. Now, I think people have largely bought into the digital ecosystems. Like, there are certainly people who are clinging to physical media, and look, in most other formats, I most certainly am. But, you know, like, we all have these consoles, they all have, well, some of them have hard drives that are big enough to handle uh, the content that's being generated, and I just, I feel like, like you said, you know, in a situation where most of these games have to be online all the time, and... You know, the let's just say there has never been less of a uh, marketplace for used current games. I just kind of feel like this is the way it's been going. Yeah, it's it's it, it's a big distinction to me between like getting a rare movie on disc versus this. Because if you get a rare movie on disc, you've got the movie. You know, yeah. it's like you don't you don't need to connect your Blu-ray player to the internet to see the last act. Not nope, anymore. Um, Remember those Blu-ray extras that wanted to... Yes. BD Live has gone the way of the Dodo. Um, But yeah, like a a disc disc that's not usable without massive updates. It's just not the same thing. Uh, THQ Nordic agrees with you Mm -hmm. in in a way. They would. Uh, uh, Brad, what did they write here, uh, if you don't mind reading? Uh, They put up a cheeky (laughs) tweet with a smiley face in it about... The fact that they published Alan Wake on PC way back when. Mm-hmm. Um, although, was that even THQ Nordic or was that the old THQ? No, right? I think that was old THQ. Yeah, right? it's not even it's like, straight. I don't know if that is, I'm not sure that passes muster, <laughs> folks. Look, just because they're wearing the skin of their predecessor doesn't mean that they aren't responsible for all the things their predecessor <laughs> did. Yeah, I mean, they're basically offering on Twitter here to publish a physical version of Alan Wake 2. Or to do the work to publish a physical version, yeah. not, not necessarily. I don't, I don't. There was nothing pro bono sounding about it at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. They they are trying to gin up a deal here or something. Yeah, or gin up public support for it or something. I don't know. Who, who knows if it'll come to pass? But it is kind of. It's pretty notable that I think this is the biggest game I have seen without a physical release to date. Probably. Yeah. I mean, for stuff that's live service, can you like? Can you get? Any of those Destiny expansions on disc, even though you have to be connected no. to play them? Okay. No. Yeah. Like, there's a bunch. Like, most games, I think, are just online baked in. So, yeah. Well, I'm I mean, telling, I guess. I'm, go ahead. No, I'm going to tell you right now, I think we are maybe a couple of years, maybe a few years away, where the only physical games that are being put out by major companies are Call of Duty, Madden, and Nintendo games. Hmm. Sure. I mean, you know, this is a single-player game, though. Like, it's, you know, the yes. Destiny stuff you have to be online to play anyway, but this is also notable because, like, I don't think this has any online features. Not I that know. I'm aware of. Yeah, I don't know. They haven't. They definitely haven't. They or, as far as I could tell from their announcement, it wasn't uh, online. Maybe there will be. Maybe there'll be some amazing online thing. But either way... Um, Sign of the times. Yeah. I mean, I would be bummed if this weren't getting pressed anymore. Because... They turn them off, turn stuff off from stores all the time, uh, for in terms of purchasing. Oh, yeah. So, so even if even if you um, have to get the patch for a game, the patch might be available, but you might not be able to buy the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes things will still connect to back ends if you own the thing already to support the thing you own, but you can't buy it from a store. Let's say if Remedy gets bought by somebody and they pull all of Remedy's stuff, or Remedy goes out of business and you can't get it on a digital storefront, that means Alan Wake 2 will no longer be available to be purchased. Yeah, well, anyway. the difference that's come about, and I can't say that Alan Wake 2 is this is the case here, but like there, there are now games shipping where you basically can't play them off disc at all. Like, it, it's a different situation than like, it's, a, you know, it's maybe an imperfect build of the game that doesn't have all the bugs fixed, but at least yeah. you can f- play it. Yeah. 
Like uh, what I got from their language was this was the type of situation where the game wouldn't even like you would basically get stuck at a you need to update screen well, before th- you could even play the game. Because if that's the case, if that's the case, there's actually no difference between the digital and disc version. If if you literally can't even play the game with just the disc. Well, well, that's what I mean. Like a lot of times storefronts will take down the game for purchase, but you can still get support for patches and stuff from a game um, through or whatever it connects to in a back end, you know? Like, mm-hmm. whereas you can't get a copy of the game, but if you own the game, um, you might be yeah, able fair. To, to pull a patch. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, roll that one up there. Support discs. That's going to do it for the news. That's the news for today. Uh, we also have an email address, podcast at nextlander.com. That is podcast at nextlander.com. Brad, any emails in the old email bin for us this week? Um, I guess we could do one here. Let's take one from Paul. The further I get away from Sony's presentation last week, the more I wonder about it. There was hardly any VR talk and most of the games were cross platform. I believe Microsoft even released a tweet essentially saying, look at all the games coming to Xbox. And it was mostly games from Sony's event. I'm curious your thoughts on if Sony might have held back announcements and first party games, given the ongoing fight about the Microsoft and Activision Blizzard merger. Hmm. Uh, do you think Sony held back games because they've been pushing a uh, Microsoft is going to hold first party games from coming out on PlayStation narrative might be awkward for Microsoft to turn around and say look at all the games not coming out to Xbox that Sony just showed off I I'm not that conspiratorial about it yeah. like I wouldn't be surprised if there there was that conversation at some point but the thing is I think if they had stuff to show that was like big first party stuff that felt ready they would have done it yeah for sure looking I at agree. the response out there and you know clearly we've gotten word that the last of us thing was just not even in a state show that- um but yeah looking looking at the like people were not super thrilled with that presentation overall it was not a thrilling presentation it uh, had some they, stuff but none yeah. of it was like the biggest stuff felt like known quantities by and large. People definitely wanted more first party stuff and they didn't get it. And so, yeah, I think that if, if they had that stuff and chose not to show it, that was probably not the right move. Like they, the, the people that are even aware of the Activision uh, Blizzard and Microsoft deal pale in comparison to the people that just want good Sony games to come out for a console. You know, it's like, yes, that's pretty insider stuff to even be following. I mean, even though it's one of the biggest mergers and acquisitions in the history of mergers and acquisitions, it still is not going to penetrate as deep as like people just want to be like, damn, those are some good Sony games. I I, yep. I should get a PS five or I'm excited about that. And I think that's what Sony would, would want versus making some, I think, like you said, Alex, conspiratorial case maybe for them tanking their own press conference to say Microsoft's going to have it all. I just don't think it benefits them in the long run to do that. You know, like it, as much as there is this ongoing fight with Microsoft and regulatory bodies about that deal, it does not really benefit Sony in the long run to make a make a big deal about a showing like this and then just show Spider-Man. You know, like they're. If those other games were in a state where they felt like they were ready to show them or at least even give you a tease of them, they absolutely would have done that because this is their time of year to do that. Yeah. I mean, let's see what Microsoft has to show first party in in a couple of weeks here. I'm not sure it's going to be that much more fleshed out, but... uh, 90 minutes of Starfield. (laughs) They're they're doing a separate Starfield event, aren't they? I think Um, so. Yes, right. There is that stream. I mean, that might be a deeper dive. I Mm. wouldn't be shocked if they at least show something like a new trailer or something. 
at the main thing. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got games announced. Forza, yeah. Ever Everwild, Fable, Perfect Dark. Like, surely some of those will be ready to show oh, something man. on? I don't know. I I would still be surprised if we saw Fable. Uh, maybe yeah. Everwild. Forza, yeah. for sure. I could see I a think, Forza. I think Perfect Dark is probably the most, the longest announced game on that list. <laughs> well, Forza's coming out this year, so yeah, Forza, they have to show yeah. it. Yeah, Forza, for sure, will get something. We'll see it soon. It's, uh, it's only a couple of weeks off, but... Uh, I, like it was okay. Nothing really, uh, uh, you know, got me too too excited for their Sony showcase. But video games, I big. think, just given the scale of it and given the timing of it, we were kind of hoping for something a little more meaningful coming out of it. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to believe you. Uh, that's gonna do it for our emails. Again, you can email us at podcast at nextlander dot com. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, the games we talked about here this week, in case you missed them, we had Star Trek, uh, Star Trek, Street Fighter VI, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, uh, System Shock, Forspoken, Intanta, We Trust, that's the DLC, and Sun Sunshine Shuffle. That's the cute little animals playing poker while talking yeah. about murder. And various other things. And various other things. Um, we got the watchcast going on, Alex. Mm-hmm. We we have ended the uh, uh, some dudes are coming to kill us. We survived. We survived. We are up to uh, uh the Lynchian nightmarish weird. We may not survive. <laughs> we so Lynch is coming to kill us. Yeah, um, yeah. We kicked this off this week with uh recording um blue velvet, blue velvet, blue velvet, boy. Uh, you can hear our thoughts on that going up next Monday. Alex, what's going on with the watch cast? Want to let folks know? Yeah. So we're, we're changing up the schedule a little bit, uh, on account of I'm in the process of buying a house and the end of this month and early next month may be pretty hectic for me. So we're going to take a couple of weeks off at the end in that time period. But in the lead up to doing twin Peaks season one, which we are going to push to July, uh, we are doing a handful of David Lynch films. Uh, as, as Vinny mentioned, we already have recorded, blue velvet uh at the the last one we'll be doing this month will be uh wild at heart and right now if you are in our mission control and mysterious benefactor tiers over on the patreon you can vote on which the third david lynch film would be out of the choices of Eraserhead, the elephant man or dune and if i'm being completely realistic here you actually should just vote for uh Eraserhead or dune because they are beating the elephant man uh in a way that is i, I almost want to stop the fight <laughs> let the elephant man walk out with some dignity indeed uh it's so yeah it's either eraser head or dune so pick your poison okay um and then uh like you said we'll be back to do some more after that when we start with twin peaks mm-hmm. twin peaks looking forward to that uh we've got uh a bunch of stuff up on the site. We've got the Ramble cast up. We've got the like uh the watch cast up from uh last week which was Dread as uh some guys tried to get him. I'm no uh, spoilers here. Can't maybe kill he, Dread. Maybe he maybe he makes it, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Those are over at the patreon.com/nextlander uh where you can find a bunch of tiers and find a tier that's right for you. A bunch of stuff over there. We have one tier though. 
the mysterious benefactor tier that gets their names read on this here show. And I have the honor of reading those names for you this week, beginning with RRE, John Richardson, Kelly F., James Smith, Brian Lucier, Sky Warp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, Jerry Lee, Gary Pejke, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Hashtag Bunny Crimes, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Raz Grizz 2, Hashtag Arrest Will Smith for his flat sheet crimes, Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R., Randy Duax, Andrew Tiebkin, Alex Wu, It's Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. What the hell did Will Smith do? I don't know. Came, it came to light recently that he does not use a fitted sheet. Wait, what? <clears throat> On the bed. What? How does he even buy sheets? He tucks he tucks a flat sheet under the mattress. Wait, you can buy you can buy two flat sheets? I guess. You can buy anything, man. He's just cut the last he just cuts them open. Mm. Wait, what? What? I have to ask him. I don't know. What? Um thanks everybody again for supporting us over at Patreon. What? Patreon.com slash nextlander. We'd appreciate it. We thank you very much. Like we said, uh watchcast. Uh, Ramblecast. We're gonna have a grab bag coming up on uh, t- tomorrow, as at the time of this recording. Maybe you'll see. Um, maybe you'll see some Gollum. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you'll see some Street Fighter. Maybe you'll see some Street Fighter. I don't know. I don't know. Well, no, I don't think you will see some Street Fighter. Oh, okay. Fair <laughs> yeah. enough. But maybe you'll see some Gollum. All right. Um, maybe you'll see some Street Fighter on Friday. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. That's the that's the great thing. About humans running the show. We're imperfect. We'll see. We we make weird decisions. Yeah. You don't (laughs) want an AI generating our content. No, definitely not. You want us making these mistakes. (laughs) Unpredictable, but not in a creepy way, more like in a sad way. Yeah. Welcome to the unpredictive uh, text generation that we do that we call this here podcast. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for supporting us. Go support uh, uh, unions and the people you love and and keep everybody employed who's making great content out there as we kind of steer blindly into these uncharted waters of, uh, well, of everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Be good out there. Be healthy. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Alex. We'll be back next week.